Welcome to another episode of Wicked Smart. I'm your host, Lucas Bean. Got my co-host over here, Bread from NFT Now. What's up, man? How's it going, Bread? GM, man. Just another another Monday. We're getting getting going here. Right? Right, man. You got any what 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 do you got for the alpha for the weekend, dude? What'd you end up doing? Oh, what did I do this weekend? Not uh, NFT stuff, I'm assuming, right? No, actually, I like, was able to like step away from my computer for a minute. You know, we uh, we revealed the artwork last week, last Friday, and uh, that all went smooth. And so, the weekend was spent just uh, just chilling. Took a nice drive, enjoyed the weather here. So now uh, now we're back at it though. Day one, every day is day one. Is yep. what, uh, you're only good. At, you're only as good as your last at bat, my man. So I agree with that statement. So, um, good times, man. Sounds like you had an interesting weekend. I had a, a very productive weekend as well. And I want to say hi to our special guest today real quick. Girl in the verse, what's up? Hey, hey. I was going to say, I took this weekend to just turn off every single device. <laughs> nice. um, so, I like it. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it, it feels good. I recommend it. <laughs> right? No, that's a good choice. I want to be there where I can turn off every device, but I have so much to do. I'm a van, I'm an ambitious tyke over here, so I, I actually actually have to work on the weekends. Unfortunately, that's where I get a lot of my actual real work done is on like a Saturday. So maybe I have like a half a Sunday left, but that will end soon if I'm good. Mintify, what's going on, my man? I want to hear that like crystal clear voice of yours now that you had an you have an iPhone, bro. What's going on? How is it going? Wow, man. It's like, I just can't believe it's you, man. It's still, it's like, wow. Congratulations still, man. Uh, that iPhone <laughs> really makes a difference. <laughs> hey, what, uh, what do you end up doing this weekend besides, you know, compiling reporting so you can actually tell all of us and hear like what's going on? Honestly, uh, I, I did a, I did a whole bunch of, uh, work stuff to be uh, honest. Yeah. <laughs> same here, man. <laughs> nothing, nothing interesting. For you guys. <laughs> Nice, dude. All right. Well, hit us with the uh, the the report for over the weekend, bro. Sure. Yeah. Let's uh, let's check it out. The uh, we changed it up a little bit. Let me know how what you think of it. Sure. We got some um, marketplace volumes. Nine open scene nine point one five up seventeen percent. Blur forty eight million. Uh, nine point one five million. Sorry, I should probably um, establish that. Blur forty eight point seven million up sixty one percent. X two Y two nine hundred and ten k down forty three percent, and looks rare three hundred and sixty k down four point two percent. These are this is not including a wash trading filter entirely, so keep that in mind. The NFT volume by blockchain Ethereum. This does include a wash trading filter eighteen point three million up four point six percent. Solana 2.36 million down 20.1 percent, and Matic 1.3 million up 12.7 percent. The top trending by volume, Nakamigos, um, been here for quite a while. Earlier when I wrote this, <laughs> right? Sorry, Early. I just have a hard time with this one. <laughs> no, that's all right. I know, me too. Unfortunately, I faded it, but that's how it works in this space. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I mean, like, I think it's like. I don't know, man. I think it's a worthless project and it's going to go to, you know, probably go to zero just because I don't know. <laughs> just my, it's my opinion. I'm probably wrong, but it's uh it's related to Sartoshi, you know, the artist for MFers. Um, I mean, oh, I mean, I, I think it might I think it, it might be, you know, a little bit 
you know, a little bit too much driven by hype. But are we sure though? Are we sure? Are we sure it's driven by Sartoshi or is it just a rumor? Yeah, it's um, it was a free claim for end of Sartoshi min pass holders. So it was. So it's definitely him. I I don't. I'm not saying the art is by him, gotcha. but it was released through his min pass or whatever. You know, whoever he or she is, I, I think it's a guy, but I don't know honestly. Right. Um. Yeah, yeah. So it is affiliated with that. I, I'm not saying he did the art or whatnot. That's all unclear still. Sure. Um, but yeah, earlier, I mean, earlier they were like 0.69 when I wrote this. Then they pumped up to like just under one eighth. I think they're back up back to like 0.8 or so now. They've been had a really crazy morning. Probably up about I mean, earlier fifty six percent up. Now they're probably up about seventy percent or so. Um next oh up God. is <laughs> I know it's nuts. <laughs> Next is uh, other side, 1.73 uh, ETH floor price, down 2%, and Bored Apes, 61.9 ETH floor price, down 4%. The top trending by sales, we have Rexbits, pumped up to 0.05 ETH floor, down to 0.03 now. Earlier, it was 1,300% up, though. Probably what? around... You probably, I mean, you know, when when something's 0.001, you know what I mean? It's pretty yeah. easy to go 1,300 up. <laughs> Um, it's come down a bit since then, though. Like I said, I think it's right around 0.03 right now. Uh, Nakamigo is also on here, 4.2K sales. Uh, as I said, right around 0.8, 0.94 price, up like 60, 70%. And this one I haven't seen before, although I've heard about uh, the project in the past recently, Den Decaden Spared Key Avatars. I believe they have a mint, um, a public mint coming up for this. 2.9K sales, 0.164 price, up 7%. The biggest winners, unsurprisingly, Rex Bits is up here. Uh, as I said, came down since I wrote this. Um, but still, I mean, that's pretty impressive if you swept early on. Uh, Nakamigas, definitely capitalizing on some Nakamigos hype. Uh, 0.014, up 320%. And we are Flowers by LT Chives, I guess, Lieutenant Chives. Not sure. Uh, <laughs> 0.0274, ETH floor price up 83%. Keep in mind, those have also come down uh, a little bit. I believe we are flowers around 0.02 now. And Nakamigas, last I checked, was actually right around the same thing. I think it's at uh, 0.013 or so. Some interesting market news. Uh, Amazon NFT Marketplace to reportedly feature, so unconfirmed, feature Beeple, Pudgy Penguins, Artifact Labs, and Proof Collective. Um that would be really cool if that came out to be true. Uh, sorry, my dog is scratching himself. Marshall, come on, buddy. That's all right. We don't um, need the we don't need the explanation. We just, we heard a noise. It could have been anything. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Daniel Allegre uh, started as the Yuga Lab CEO today. It was announced a little while back that he would, but he officially had his last day as president and COO of Activision, and started up a Yuga. And Bernstein analysts say that quote the future of banking has no banks i felt that was a, a pretty nice quote i like it uh, right and the market stats global crypto market cap 1181.7 billion bitcoin dominance 46.5 percent open interest 8.1 billion fear and greed 63 it's been pretty steady there with bitcoin at 28100 down 0.1 percent ethereum 1800 up 0.2 percent and the S&P right around 4130 pretty much flat as well. So there's your uh, there's your market update for today. I'm Thank a fan, you. dude. I'm a fan. It was great. Appreciate that. So girl in the verse, what is going on in your universe right now? I, I was going to say thank you Mintify <laughs> for doing our work. Um <laughs> 
Yeah, we, we have the luxury of uh, Mintify every day with us. So Awesome. Yeah. I, I love them. Thank you so much. I forget the person behind the Mintify account, and I'm starting to see that it, it that's similar to my account, right? Girl in the verse, like, who's this person behind? Hello, my name is Melina, fully doxxed. Just go find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> super doxxed? Would you call it super doxxed? Yeah, I, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a pleasure. We're in this weird era now where it's like, um, before, um, we didn't have to be docs. Now some of us are docs. Some of us are still not docs. <laughs> some of us are changing our profile pictures. Right? Some of us are like, you know, like we're, we're in this, like, it's so right. Know, weird. <laughs> you're so right. It's like, I you ever see that. Um, you probably have not seen the movie cause I asked people and they're all like, I've never seen that movie An LA story. They go, I'll have a double decaf, half calf with a side of lemon or something like that. He says, cause they're in LA and they're like ordering some silly coffee. And, uh, you know, that's what it feels like here. I'll have, I'll be double, de- double doxxed, <laughs> undoxed, redoxed <laughs> with a side of undoxed. It's like, what? It's literally a trend. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because I've been, do- I've been doxxed this whole time. So it's, it's weird that people, you know, it was a weird, uh, shift for me to even think people wanted to remain anonymous. Right. Cause what's the point of that? It gives, it gives no value except for protects your, I guess your current job or something. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of where I'm at. And I'm like, I've been grappling with like, so many of my thoughts these last few weeks. Um, You know, because people have been asking me, you know, will you change your profile picture to a picture of yourself? Or, you know, I've been hearing that in order to be a content creator in Web3, I should, I should only be posting pictures and videos of myself and just change my profile picture and forget about my, you know, whatever NFT project I, I love. And, you know, Um, and I'm just like, look, we're in NFTs. The only way I can show people that I like NFTs is if I have one, like, you know, so, and I, I mean, look, in my case, I actually do own the IP rights to mine. I would encourage everyone to go do their homework. And if you are building whatever it is you think you are building in this space, um, it's important to just make sure that. You know, because I'm hearing so many people like, hey, I'm just going to go put my ape on like a T-shirt and uh, I'm going to go sell some books with my ape. It's like, listen, go do your homework because you actually cannot. But, you know, I will let people do their homework with, you know, with the projects that they are currently in um, before they go do that kind of stuff. Because you could be that's not going to look good in court. Um, That'll make a good Twitter. By the way, that would make a great, great Twitter thread. I would actually (laughs) recommend you writing a thread saying here are the projects you own your IP with. Here are the ones you don't. Good idea. Right? I mean, look, I, and this is not to fud anyone at all. It's just that I found this out through lawyers I've interviewed on my own podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah. like, And they're like, hmm, you got to go check the fine print. And I was like, oh, oh, wait a second. Right. So I, I, I just want people to be aware of that. Um, it's not so much about, you know, whether or not you should be showing your face. It's making sure that that NFT, you don't only own the art, you own everything you know, in between, uh, that you can actually start, you know, maybe making stuff with it. So yeah, that's a good idea. I'm taking notes by the way, paper and pen friends. Yep. Um, I have a paper and pen and a calculator <laughs> always in front of me, even though calculators are obviously ob- obsolete cause you have a phone, but you gotta have multiple. Like I like, I like single items for like single use. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, this calculator can only do this. So you're like in distraction, like you're indistractable while you're calculating. You don't have to get like a text message and forget you're calculating something, you know? It's interesting. So girl in the verse, 
you are a genius so far. Like I can just hear you talking about everything. Like you were even talking about IP rights. Most people don't even think about that stuff. They do. You're right. They just throw it on t-shirts. They just do <laughs> stuff like that and they don't even think about it. They just think instantly, oh, I own this NFT. I must own the, the IP rights. And until it's almost like they'll, they're going to do it until someone just says, hey, you don't own, you don't own these rights. You got you to gotta get it off your shirt. You can't keep using that. So yeah. I, I know a lot of people that use their apes, their just not just their apes, but their NFTs. Like everybody mm-hmm. I know uses their NFTs as like IP. And I'm like, I never even think because I'm like, hey, did they do their research that this is theirs? That they could just do whatever they want with? Obviously they have, right? That's what I'm thinking. Like, of course well, they have, but we, I take it for granted that we do our research and they don't. It's, it's what yeah. it sounds like. I mean, it's, you know what? It's always the case of, when you'll get big enough, you know, like right now, maybe like, you know, your 2000 followers, it's like Yuga's not coming after you. And I don't even know why we're talking about the apes, but it's just easier because everyone reps their ape all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's like, it's what ends up happening. And this is always like the slow progression is that when you get too big, that's when they come back and they're like, Hey, Hey, I'm going to serve you up something. Right. And so it's always, it's always taking that caution, like weeks and if in fact like years ahead of time if you know that you're going to be here and that you want to rep or you want to trademark your twitter handle it is important to do that early on and you know yuga speaking of which is you know is still going to court for their for their you know board ape yacht club that's technically still not officially theirs. Um, and I've learned this from lawyers. So, you know, go do your homework. I'm just telling you what I've heard, you know, from doing all this sort of homework and, and interviews with lawyers, but that's still going to court, right? And so it, nothing is official until you get those documents. So I just want people to be, you know, aware of all these things because we're so early. And I think that's the it's like beautiful, but also we have to take those steps because who's to say maybe in five years from now, it'll be good enough that you were first on Twitter. Maybe, but I don't like, I don't want to take that chance. Right. So it's like, you kind of have to take your precautions. Um, And yeah, it's more of a, if eventually you do end up selling, or I don't know what you're going to do with your PFP or what you're planning on doing with it. But if there is that chance that perhaps you can start selling it, it would be good to make sure that you can (laughs) before someone comes to slap you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. I like your take on this too. And I see you have a a women in weapons. I actually had a couple of those when they first minted as well. Good. Yeah. I just, you know what? My friend got the most rare. Did you know that? Like a (sighs) friend of mine actually literally one out of 10,000, the most rare one. Wow. Yeah, so at one time I mean, he had look, it listed for like 69 ETH. Someone offered him like 20 or 30 ETH. He didn't take it. And then eventually, you know, the price went down on the project. Of course. And then yeah. he was like, all right, I'll take five. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I will say with this project, I didn't mint it. I literally came into the space at a time where everyone was minting everything and everything became really expensive really quickly. Um, I purchased her on secondary. And it was strictly right after a women and weapons team, you know, told us that they were giving away the IP rights and, and whatnot. And they were like, Hey, go, go build something. And I was like, you know what? Okay, fine. I'll, I'll go do something with this. And I found her, I actually found she looked like me. She has the same similar green background of a canvas that I actually have on my wall in my living room. So I was like, Oh, there's like something there. Cause I love the minty green color. I like that color a lot. So I was like, Hmm. 
I kind of like this one. And basically Sarah's telling me, go do something with it. So I'm like, okay, I'll go do something with it. And so that's <laughs> how it started for me, really. Uh, because, you know, every time you're building something, the first thing you think about is like your profile picture, right? It's like just the first thing. Um, even when you're building your website, like everyone asks you, like, what are your colors? I don't know. What are my colors? I have no clue, right? <laughs> so I will say that NFT... Um, allowed me to, you know, build something at ease in the sense of like, okay, you know, even if this goes to zero, I don't care. It's, it's the image of my brand, you know? Um, but I will say, I love the women and weapons team. I love Sarah and Jake met them a couple of times. I really, really love them. Um, and I don't really look at floor, like, I'm just, I'm beyond that at this point. I'm just like, you know, and I will say I'm probably one of the only ones who reps their, their, their project. So like they obviously, you know, they love me for multiple reasons, but, um, I just think she, they're so badass. I think Sarah's art is very badass. It speaks on so many levels for women, um, you know, for, for the voice of a woman, our weapons, right. There's so many like different connotations and meanings behind it. So I just love what, what it all represents. And so for me, it's like, okay, I can stick by this. You know, um, there's been a lot of women projects too, but this one for me felt the most genuine and um, it just made sense for me to, to, to build something, you know, where I want to be building girl in the verse, obviously. I mean, I am catering a little towards women, you know, not <laughs> saying we don't want men. We do. We love them. Of course, I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the men in my life. Right. So that's something that, you know, I try to always push and relay when I'm on stage. But um, yeah, there's just the whole women and weapons, like what, you know, the whole representation of the art and the beauty and everything just, uh, I'm, I'm here for it. So, you know, I, I, love, I love that project. That's yeah, it. I know. I love it. You're, you, I just, it's great. You're very passionate about what you, you know, you're doing. You can actually hear it in your voice, your intonation, everything. I love it. That's what. Thank I, you, Lucas. Yeah, it's absolutely my pleasure. And by watching your videos, I could tell how like, how, how much you're into making content and you're just, you're just really good at it. And I, like, again, I applaud you for being like a good positive influence in this space. We just, there's just not enough of them, you know? So I appreciate you. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, look, I'm <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's, it's like one of those things where, um, how do I say it? It's a bit like, you know, I'm, I'm still one of the only, so I live in Canada, but I'm still one of those, like the only person that still goes to the supermarket with her reusable bags. And then people are looking at you like, what are you doing? And you're, you're like, well, I'm going to do this on my own. Cause if you know that, that whole concept of, um, I always relate it back to like environment for some strange reason, because I've been thinking about the environment for a really long time. And it's all those little steps. It's all those little things we do. And of course, on a grand scale of things, you're like, okay, but well, you're one out of a million. Well, you know what, if one person doesn't start, then how do we, how do we get more people to, you know, build that positivity or to do more content or to show up? And, you know, so I'm like, I always go back to the environment. I'm like, well, I'm still the only person going to the supermarket with my bags, but I'm going to keep doing it. Right. Cause it's just what I believe in. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think like the, the, I think what literally drives me is just being very self-aware of like why I'm actually here, you know, it, like Nakamigos, like I didn't mint one. I didn't get one. I just joke about it, you know, um, it, it, whatever I could have made money. I could have not, it, it doesn't change, you know, what I want to truly be here 
or known to be here for, right? Um, so yeah, so I appreciate that, Lucas. Yeah, you're absolutely welcome. So have you ever thought, and I'm going to get into you and your, your history, but I want to I want to know, um, have you ever thought of creating your own IP by any chance? And then like, you know, instead of somebody else's IP, you could actually rock your own artwork and then that's your, that's your IP. I've been thinking about it and you know what? A lot of people have been coming up to me like, Hey, are you going to do your own NFT project? Six months ago, I would have told you, hell no, no freaking way I'm doing an NFT project. Um, um, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be an NFT project. It could just be your own, you know, your own thing, your own IP, like your own artwork of some kind, you know, it doesn't have to be like the, the scary word. Oh, I'm going to, you know, you're creating an <laughs> NFT project. And I'm like, no, not really. You could just literally be rocking your own art. That's all. Cause then um, it's definitely yours. You know I mean? There's no argument of like, whether it's yours or not, it's definitely yours. And it's, <sighs> and it's of I mean, you. Look. It's definitely mine. I, I'm not an artist. I do not draw. Um, so I would still have to pay someone yet. to do it. But yes, yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> You're not an artist that's yet. That's a good <laughs> I like that. Yes. Um, I don't know. And you know what? I'm okay with having that possibility and I'm leaving like that door open for myself. I'm just, that's really not like part of my top five like goals right now. Sure. Let's just say that. Fair it's enough. Not part of my top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. And again, your art, it's not like your women and weapons isn't awesome. I, I love it. I like looking at it even right now. It's super cool. And uh, my favorite color is green. So it fits. Oh, it just, yeah. I just honestly, she just looks like a brand. So I was just like, I love her. <laughs> just like, it was easy. It was easy. Right. Nice. I love like, it. I mean, I could say the same thing for cool cats and do, I mean, I love, oh, heck yeah. there's a I'm lot the same. of projects that have beautiful art. Yep. It's just that you know, this one just felt, felt like me, like in a weird way. And Sarah jokes about it all the time. She's like, I feel like she was meant for you, like without even, you know, so yeah. I couldn't agree more. I actually think it's definitely a good fit. It's just, uh, like I said, it was people always talk about like, I own my IP. I'm like, well, you could own your IP. You could actually hire someone to make art for you. Um, and then like, it's your art, you know, like that's all. So, but with that said, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm sure you'll work it out. And if it's women and weapons, it's yours. Then women and weapons is yours. I highly respect that. So let's get into you. I want to know way more about you. Like, tell me everything there is to know about you. And like, how did you find, and this is a random question, of course. So, you know, pardon the, pardon the questions, but I, I want to know like all, like, where did you come from? What were you doing before web three and NFTs? Like all that stuff. Like, give me like, you, so you were, were you born in Canada? Like, give me the whole yeah. story. Yeah. So my, uh, my grandmother, so originally Italian, they moved to Canada right after world war two. Um, uh, my parents grew up here. Um, and, uh, so a little about me, <laughs> I'm the oldest of two. So I have a younger sister. We're just like a year apart. We honestly, look very alike um but we're a year apart completely different i would say more more like night and day like we actually for for being sisters of like 12 months apart we're complete opposites uh we don't even have the same friends don't even have the same likes and passions right um i went to private school in high school an all-girls school so i feel like that that shaped who i am today because and i mentioned this because i went to private school which meant i had to be good in math and science and chemistry and physics, right? Like I had to be, it was, it was an obligation almost, right? We didn't have like drama class. Like I like, I would have, I think I would have strived in like a drama class or like, you know, like something to do with like 
artsy, more, more artsy, creative, you know, thinking, but, um, I was not, uh, so I (laughs) was forced to do like math and science and truly not liking it, you know, and knowing that early on, like I had two, three tutors because I wasn't the best and I didn't love it. So I didn't care to get good grades, but I had to get good grades because I was in private school, right? It's like kind of like a weird, um, but maybe that's kind of what pushed me to finish my, my high school degree, I guess. Um, so yeah, just, you know, knowing that early on that I just didn't love this. I didn't love my school. I didn't love being in that environment because I couldn't be me. Um, so obviously right. Italian parents, they thought I was going to become a doctor. Um, I did not. My (laughs) sister, my sister has a PhD. So she's like the golden, she's like the, the, the best of everything, which is hilarious. Um, cause she really followed the rules, which is great. They got one out of two. Um, but I, I sort of, you know, to go to college, I lied. I lied to my parents. I said, Hey, I didn't get into like doctor school or whatever, like med school. I didn't get in. You know, I never applied. Cause I, you know, I didn't have the grades to go to med school. Um, and so I lied and well, what was good. So I live in Quebec. We're a French province in Canada. So we, we actually do speak French and English, most of us. I'm perfectly bilingual. That's also so cool. studied, Yeah, I studied Jealous. in Italy. Yeah, I studied in Italy. I, I studied Spanish for six years, but please, I do not. I want every Latina woman in the space to do her show in Spanish. I think it's so important. I don't want to be that person. Um, but I studied Spanish for six years. I'm obsessed with languages and culture. Really, really obsessed. Um so when went to college and did linguistics and you know translation, and then one of my teachers was like, "You can't do this. You you cannot just, you know, translate books for the rest of your life." And I'd be there like, "Well, what do you mean? That's what I'm studying." They're like, "You can't. Like you're way more than this. You can't. You got to use these languages to do something else, right?" Um, and then just like one day randomly in college, I happened to stumble upon, uh, upon like a bunch of newspapers, and it was like the school newspaper, and I was like oh my God, this is cool. And there was like a big ad. Oh my God, newspapers. Does anybody still, anyway. They I'm still just exist. Like I saw like, someone reading them the other day. They still exactly. exist. Um, so big ad that said, um, you know, write for the school newspaper and get like two, three courses credited. I was like, this is a no, what? I'll do. Like, that is one thing. Like I knew I didn't like school. Like I knew that early on, but I had to go to school. Like my parents were like, unless you know, if you live under this roof, you must go to school. So was doing the school thing, but just always looked for ways to not go to class, but not like in a malicious way, but it's like, Hey, I can write for the school newspaper and get credits. So I did that instead, you know? So I started writing for the school newspaper and then became their public relations person was in a a lot of meetings with the school and the, 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 the school boards and the student councils and whatnot, and really loved you know, finding those stories and the storytelling aspect and meeting people and, and joining all these sort of different groups. Um, so I be, like didn't love school, became even more involved in school. You know what I mean? Like that's, and that's what's fun. I think like when I go back to these schools and I, and I go talk, I always say these stories because I want students to understand it doesn't have to be so cookie cutter. I had no clue what I was doing. I lied to my parents. I told them I'd be going to med school complete lie um you know one year into translation my teacher's like this is not for you and I listened to them like (laughs) I just like they're right they must they must know something you know um so then went into journalism 
like just naturally. It was just a natural thing for me to do. Uh, but prior to that, I studied in Italy for three months, you know, did the whole like met an Italian boy, ate a lot of carbs and r rode on his Vespa for a while. Huh. Um, so did that, check that off my list. <laughs> so did that for a while. Um, then, then that's it. Came home, did some journalism, went to journalism school. Then I did an internship in Mongolia. So I went to Mongolia for three months, also doing some TV reporting there, which was awesome. Um, then, you know, started working on national television, you know, while everyone was telling me I couldn't do it. Like my mom was like, what do you have to say, Melina? What are you going to go tell people on TV? And I was like, mom, I, I can do this. You know, <laughs> um, which is interesting, you know, when I entered Web3, people, like, everyone around was like, oh, of course you're doing this. Like, just another weird thing she's doing. Because, like, everything I've done is, like, not cookie cutter, you know? So it's 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 been fun to be called a weirdo early on and to just continue being the weirdo around your friends and family. Um, so that's been nice. But, yeah, so did television for 10 years. Wow. Worked it for major, you know, companies. I worked in French, like, I worked in English. Traveled a lot. Um, and so I feel like, yeah, so did that for a long time during pandemic. So before, before pandemic, um, I decided I was like 21, was I 21 or like 20, maybe 23. I was 23 maybe perhaps because I came home was 26. Yeah. 23 sounds about right. I was working away. Like, you know, a lot of these, you have to understand, right. And I think a lot of you do, um, to work for one of the major, news outlets you got to live in one of these major cities right like new york right like you got to work you're going to go work in remote towns first before you make your big break onto the biggest you know news channels right so the same thing in canada so they had shipped me off like eight hours north from where i was living like minus 45 degrees celsius like super cold um yikes yeah, very cold. And like, so I, I was there for four years. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna prove my I'm gonna prove myself, right to come back to the city. Like that was always the goal. Um, and then I, I got I, I applied for a job that I really wanted. And everyone around me was like, you're gonna get it because I knew a lot of people in the system and, and whatnot in the organization and whatnot. And I didn't get it. They called me to say, we're not going to give you the position you wanted, but we want to give you something else. And at that time, I had a decision to make, you know, would I come back home and do something that I don't necessarily love or do I go do something else? And I decided to choose the latter. I decided to choose something else. I, I chose to believe that I could be more than having to prove again myself, right? Like I want the job I want. So I didn't get it. And I told them, you know, respectfully, I declined the offer that you're giving me. I decided to go travel for a year and a half. <laughs> nice. So I packed my bags. I At the time, I went with my ex-partner, who I think was just like, I either go with this girl or I lose her. Like, I'm not sure. So let me just follow her. Um, and we left. <laughs> we left for a year and a half. We started in New Zealand, Australia. We did all of Southeast Asia, went to India. And then we did a bit of Europe, um, you know, France, Spain, Portugal. And honestly, was I don't even Was this during the pandemic, you were saying? Just before, just before. Oh, I was going to say, I'm like, like man. <laughs> like, just whoa. before. And, like, I did the most weirdest things. Like, I'm such a, I'm not going to say I'm a princess, but, you know, like, I like to look good. I smelled throughout that year and a half. I wore the same T-shirts. Like, I was backpacking. Like, uh, you know, anything for $2 less, even if it was Thailand. Like, I slept on floors. Like, the weirdest, like, I just really wanted to experience and talk to people and meet so many people and just like talk to people a lot, a lot, a lot. 
And I got to visit, you know, so many different cultures and meet people that I was just so like, I love people so much, you know, and I feel like it's allowed me to become, yes, more rounded, but also when you see what's going on with the world today, it's like, ah, you just know, you just knew it was coming because we're, we're entering this weird this weird era where we're not sure what's going to happen with America. Because I will say when you travel and you're like, I'm from Canada, like, Oh, America. Like they just, they just assume Canada's like, just like another state in the really? US. Yeah. Like, it's just like weird things like, Oh, America. It's like, mm, I did no, not I know that. I actually thought it was like the safe thing to say is like, I'm from Canada. Instead of saying you're American, like I've always told people like, Hey, if you, if you're worried about that, just say you're from Canada and everybody will love you because everybody loves well, they Canadians. Do love you. <laughs> You're right. They do love you. Um, yeah, I will say when I was in Mongolia, that was like the one of the questions they asked me, like, where are you from? I'm like, Canada. They're like, okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> see? They're like, all right, they, you're okay in my book. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, then I came home because I was like, okay, well, I guess I can come home and crash on my mom's couch. Um, so I came home. Um, that said, Guy and I were no longer together. You know, like we just ended it. Um for multiple reasons, but we ended it and I came home and then oop, just like that, that same station who had told me like, you know, we're not going to give you the job. They just randomly called me. It was like the most, like the weirdest thing, like a month after I was home, they were like, Hey, um, yeah, would you like to come work for us? Wow. And I was like, that's so weird. So I will always tell people to do what the hell they want. Cause like those jobs and all that stuff will come anyway. They'll just come at a different time, but it just depends you know, what you want to be doing. Um, so came home, did that job, and then pandemic hit. So got my dream job in my city back home. I was so happy. I was like, yes, I'm finally home. Um, got the job, pandemic hit, started working weird hours. Like, you know, it's never going to be as much as when you're running your own thing right now. But totally. we were working like six days a week, like going strictly into the crossfires. Let's just call it what it was. It was COVID. It was, you know, wearing masks and suits to go interview people and almost felt like a psychologist at times, right? Like, you know, meeting people who couldn't see their parents and oh, just so many like stories. Right? right. Um, and we were on complete lockdown here too, but I remember going to work and like, we I had a special paper, like I'm allowed to be outside. Like it was crazy times. <laughs> it was weird. Um, and then, yeah, then just, you know, dived into NFTs and crypto because my partner now, fiance, was like, you need to you need to get in on this stuff. And I was like, I don't I have no clue what this is. And yeah, I mean, you know, I left news during COVID. I just at one point it felt like a breakup, you know, been doing it for so long and really loved it. And you build a community and you build, you build people who love to watch you at six o'clock, you know, like you build all that. So it felt like a breakup, but I just had to do it because I respect myself too much. You know, um, there's too many things that we sign. And I, I encourage anyone right now, especially if you're a content creator in the space, to just look over your contracts because there are things that we sign and we don't realize we're signing them. Um, and they could take your whole thing away because it's theirs. Um, so that's just something I want people to keep in mind. I you didn't know. know. I, I honestly don't know what you're talking about right there, but it oh, sounds okay. so, sketchy. I don't think that's a good, I don't think people should be, you know, signing paperwork. They don't know what they're signing well, and then look, have their content um, take or their th platform taken away from them. So ju just so you know, when you're, when you're a reporter and you sign with a company, let's say ABC or, you know, wherever I was working and just sure. naming names, 
they will have you sign, you know, agreements that you cannot go on other people's shows and, you know, talk about what you want, give your opinion on things, um, have your own podcast. There's like so many things that you cannot do, which is why I encourage you to go look at any like reporter you're currently in love with at six o'clock. I don't know if you're still watching TV, but they don't actually have their own shows. They don't have that luxury because you're signing to a company that you then represent. And then, so things like, I had, I used to get people, you know, calling me like, Hey, can you, and like, can you like host, host this like fundraiser? And I used to say like, I can't, like, I actually could not because my company is not, you know, agreeing to this, you know, type of thing. So it's all those things that you have to look at as a content creator in web three. What I'm trying to get at is sometimes you are going to be given offers of like, Hey, um, talk about my products and get a free NFT. Like, it just doesn't work, right? Your your face and credibility is worth way more than a few hundred bucks or a free NFT. But yes, I encourage people to just check their stuff because you have all these, um, like right now, what I what I was learning with Chris Flyride um, is that you know my face actually has a price, and so to disclose, like you know, X amount of videos can only be shared for six months not more than that. Right. And that's a way Ooh, of protecting yourself. That's yeah, interesting. interesting. I never, I never really thought of that where like you have a, a window of like leveraging our, the content otherwise. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I've actually well, seen people. So I, yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Keep going. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say like, we're seeing right. A lot of these YouTubers right now getting sued and it's not fun because you know, probably something was written in those contracts that made it, feel or look like they were pushing for people to buy certain things on certain platforms. Right. So it's just, it's just making sure that, you know, again, like as a content creator in the space myself, there's, you know, I don't take anybody's follow or them trusting me for granted. I, you know, I've earned that. And so in order to keep earning that trust, you've got to make sure that anything you're attaching your name to is, you know, going to stick around or, you know, if they, if they flop in six months, well then, you know, you know that they can't show any of that content that you produce for them. You know what I mean? Like there's absolutely. So it's just making sure. That's really smart. That's really smart by the way, because a lot of people won't do that and they will, they will, you know, do it for like a free, like you said, a free NFT or, you know, whatever the case may be. And then they're just using that content somewhere else. So that's definitely something you yeah. like, if you're a content creator, for sure, make sure that people are, you know, obviously not able to use your, your name, image, or likeness after a certain amount of time, or if X doesn't meet Y, then they can't anymore. So I definitely agree with that statement. It's very, very, very smart. Yeah. So that's basically my story, Lucas. I don't know where you wanted to go from there. No, that's a, that's a great, that's a great story. My question to you is like, when did you start in the space? Oh my God. Um, I just drank water and obviously I went through the wrong. It's whatever. okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Uh, thank you. Where did I start? Yeah. What, what, like, what, like, was it 2021, 2022? Was it like 2021, let's say like November ish. Oh, nice. Okay. Still early on. Absolutely. Um, 2021, I started, um, my, 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 my fiance, well, my boyfriend at the time, whatever fiance was like, Hey, we're going to a friend's house. Um, 
we're, we're working on this like cool NFT project. And I was like, I, I don't know. Okay. I'm coming along. Right. We go over and like everyone's super pumped to their laptops and they're all excited. Like we're going to build an NFT project. And I was like, I don't know what the hell y'all are talking about. Right. Um, and they were like, we want you to do the social media since you do social content. And I was like, I have no clue what an NFT is. Right. Right. Um, so right away I broke their dreams. I told them, listen, I really take my work seriously. I cannot talk about NFTs without knowing what they are, without, you know, understanding the whole concept. And I don't know how to properly, you know, manage your sort of content because I don't really understand, like, where is this all on? You know, which platform? Sure. And they were like, Discord. They're like, everyone's on Discord. I'm like, okay, I'll go. Okay. Um, but I remember, like, my boyfriend and all of his friends were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, like, they, they were thinking about like, which animal was going to be their NFT? Like which one, <laughs> you know, guys, 2021. Um, and I was like, listen, um, I, I really don't think I could do this. Like, it's really not a hell yes for me. So like, I just, I respectfully decline. you know, we came home and my boyfriend was like, you know, you're the only one against this project. Like we're so serious about it. And I was like, listen, like you have to respect when I'm telling you, no, it's because, I just don't see myself doing this for you. Do you want someone who's going to be here for like a year or do you want someone who's going to start something and fizzle out, you know? And I'm very, very like, I was committed to doing the work that I was doing because after journalism, what I started doing was helping small businesses be the face of their products using Instagram, right? Because Instagram reels had come out and all of that craze was coming out. And so I was trying to figure out a way how I can utilize what I know and help people online. Um, and so that's why they thought of me for the NFT project. But my boyfriend is much more into crypto than NFTs. And so he still today will tell me all these NFTs are going to zero. Like he would, he would make me like write him a list as to why I should be buying said NFT when I was like, this one is amazing. Look at the girl. Like, <laughs> Oh my God. You know? We all did that though. Okay. Someone was calling me. Um, so, so, um, so I respectfully declined, but then I came home and I was like, you know what? Like all these guys are talking about NFTs. Like I could just go do some homework. Like, let me just go see what's up. And the researcher that I am, right. It's like, it's not on discord. Everyone's on Twitter. I was like, what are they talking about? So like quickly, like left discord to go on Twitter. And you know, again, I was a reporter, right? everyone who was using Twitter in 2018 was either a journalist or a president or like, you know, like, um, not a lot of like just random folks were on Twitter. Like my, my friends laugh at me all the time. Like, Oh, of course you're on Twitter. You know, like only journalists and presidents go on Twitter. Right. So I already had a Twitter account, very familiar with Twitter, but not NFT Twitter. Right. Very different. Um, it's definitely, so it's definitely like night and day different. I, I couldn't agree <laughs> exactly. with you more. <laughs> exactly. So created a brand new account and, uh, you know, just started diving in. And this is what I recommend everyone doing when they enter the space is to just come in and listen, just, just listen, take notes, like go into a Twitter space and take notes and listen, who's talking to who, who's saying what, why are they saying this today? What's happening tomorrow? And I was just taking notes. And like one of the first things, and we were talking about this earlier on, which was like, are we doxing or not doxing? But I could not understand for the life of me why people were going crazy over Yuga Labs. And I was like, who the hell owns you? Like, who is it? Who owns 
and it was like, no, we're never going to know them. They're not docs. I was like, this will not work. And I remember like literally, because my boyfriend was like, I want a board ape. I really want one. That's my dream. And I was like, not funding them, guys. I'm not funding them at all. I, 2021, I was like, this is worrisome because we don't know who the founders are. I was like, why would you want to buy this? They could easily rug everyone. I was, I, I could not understand the craze um, until they finally doxed themselves, right? Gordon and Garga finally were like, hey, it's us, right? Um, but they didn't at the time. And that really, to me, was like, ooh. Yeah, I remember. I, I remember I, well, yeah. I don't like, yeah, I was like, I don't like that people are not, showing who they are the same thing with like frank digo like i guys i remember the soviet frank digo was like hiding behind his like orange bandana i was like what the f is this right what like this is not gonna work um which is basically now my spiel for 2023 unless you dox yourself you you it, it won't work in 2023 like everything we saw in 2021 the craze the high the bull we got to forget that because now we're in a bear and it's, we're down and it's all down. <laughs> you know, like, so it's completely different, but yeah, that's basically how I started in the space. And then, um, I was just quiet until I started, you know, I wanted to document a bit like what I was doing in the space. And I would always sign like XO girl, like I'm just a girl in the space. Cause I remember like everyone was like, I don't know if you're a girl, I could be a walrus. I could be, you know, an ape, I could be whatever the hell I want. So I was like, mm, I want to be a girl. <laughs> I just remember wanting to be a girl. Like, why can't I be a girl? And I dived into, like, I bought an Oculus, dived into that, and I started just writing about it. I opened up, like, a little blog and started blogging about it. Um, and that's sort of how Girl in the Verse came about because I was like, hmm, how do I get my girlfriends who don't give a crap about this to care even just a little? So I started writing about it in a girly way, you know, for girls to kind of relate to it. Um, this blog is no longer existing. I may bring it back to the new rebranded um, website I'm creating right now, but just to like proof of this is what I've done. Um, but that's basically, I feel like how I started. Um, and then, yeah, the joke, the joke is on my boyfriend and all of his friends. Cause now I'm, I'm the one that's super serious. <laughs> Space. Really? And what is and what what is he still is he still doing in the space or is he like doing the other things now? Oh, my boyfriend is he still has his full-time job. He's not he he no, like he's in the space because I'm I'm here. Like I mean, he's really into Bitcoin and crypto. Like it's for him it's crypto one NFT's third. Like <laughs> Right. Um so he's more into like the crypto aspect of it, but no, I mean, like what I wanted to say is like, be careful what you wish for. Like, I did not want to be a part of their project. Therefore I created my own. <laughs> I like it. Oh, that's really smart. Yeah. It's funny um, that I, I remember apes coming out too. And I was just like, I didn't get it either. I just, none of that made any sense to me. Like NFTs in general. I, so I started, I'll take, give you a 10 second thing. I mean, uh, it's like, I started in the space August of 2020. And uh, it's because a friend of mine like wanted to put his art in the blockchain. And I was just like completely in disbelief of NFTs in any way, shape or form. Like literally had no, like no clue. I mean, I knew what they were technology wise, but I was just like, uh, I don't get it. So I was wrong. That's it. That's the end of my story. So I was hundred percent wrong clearly because look at how NFTs went. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's good times. And so that's cool. So you came in in November, so you missed a lot of, unique things, but I wouldn't say you missed, like there's so many newer, so much, so many more newer people in the space 
also. Like I know people that came in in October of 2021 and that all feels like too late. And then like even now feels like too late. Right. But it's never too late. Like this space is very new still. And everybody, I remember everybody saying we're so early. Like literally it was such a cliche back then. Like Nick Lachey. Sorry about that. So yeah, it was literally, <laughs> I knew you'd get a joke out of that. So yeah, it was weird. The back, back then everybody would say, you know, gonna, we're all going to make it, all this other stuff. And, you know, of course we're all going to make it to our own extent. It's just that we're not all going to be like crazy wealthy and stuff like that. But during the bowl, we had this mass euphoria. Everybody was like having fun. And I remember my first Twitter space at like the end of April of 2021. And then I just cranked it from there. It was so much fun for so many people that were locked up still, we were all locked up in a pandemic still. Like that was the, you know, that was the height of the pandemic for us, at least in, in the United States was 2020. And then like most of 2021 and we only came out of it. I think it was like March or April of 2022. We started being able to like, they started laxing a lot of stuff here in LA and they started allowing people to open up. And it was really, really crazy, uh, crazy times. We like lost two years you know, two, two and a half years of our lives here. You know, it's like crazy to think that that all happened. And like during this perfect experiment, we had, you know, NFTs and crypto and all these things pop off while we are a captive audience. It's such a unique time in the world that it will never repeat again unless we have another crazy thing where we're all having to be locked up again. And, you know, like, oh man, we can't leave the house. What, could, what are we going to do? Oh, hold on. Let me work a hundred hour work week because I've got nothing else to do. I mean, that was literally what I was doing. I don't know about you guys, but I was working crazy hours because there was literally nothing else to do. Everybody was like, the world's coming to an end. I'm moving to, you know, backwoods of Michigan. And then once the pandemic was over, everybody's like, I can't believe I'm in the backwoods of Michigan. <laughs> I got to get out of here. I got to get back to the city. I gotta... <laughs> it was pretty crazy. But that's a, I mean, November's a good time. You were able to see, you probably came in around, ETH was around $4,000 again. I remember November spiking up and you came in right after it sounds like NFT NYC 2021, which was the best uh, NFT NYC that they'll ever be just because mass euphoria, euphoria, everybody was making money. Everybody was at their top tops. Everybody was a genius because you couldn't really mint something and not have it go you know, two, three X, sometimes 10 or 20 X. And it didn't really matter what the call was. It was literally just everything was going hyperbolic. Didn't matter what it was, right? It did, I'm not saying it stayed there, but it definitely did like right off the bat. So it's definitely an interesting scenario and, and timing to come into the space. I also feel bad. You came into the space and less than a year later, the, the space tanks. <laughs> it's like, no, like it's such a bad taste in your mouth is you're such a good person. I, I don't want good people to like have to feel that way where they're like, Oh, I'm in the, I'm in this great space. And now it's gone. <laughs> like 90% of people I know left the space around June, July and August, they were just gone. And then like the other 10% got fractured because of the FTX stuff that was happening in like November. So it's crazy. And like the amount of people that are left are very, very small and I, I won't be surprised if I see more, I, this is my opinion, but I, I won't be surprised if I see more people leave soon just because there's just like, you know, they might not see anything here for, and there's not going to be anything here for a while. There's only going to be operators now, like real operators, real tech, like builders, real tech people actually building stuff on blockchain layers. And the people that were here for speculation and making money, don't get me wrong. There's still chances to do that, 
but it's just such a little amount of people that are making money now that no one cares. So it's yeah, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. I mean, just just when I was at Art Basel this year, I had a couple of like blockchain devs come up to me and they're like hey why don't you come and work like as our comms person um you know like for for our team and i was like the market is kind of bearish like i don't know that i'm so i still work full-time um i still work full-time of i'm a video producer here back home wow and i and i yeah i know so cool. i know yeah. The amount of work I'm doing in Web3 is like, wait, you have a full time? It's, it just don't, like my brain. I did not know that. Between you and me, um, I had no idea. I thought like for sure you were full time just because you're always here. So it's amazing. It's, it's great. <laughs> like, I think it's great that you're here. So that's why I'm like, oh man. Trust me, my my boss IRL is like, I think you're going to need to start making a decision. And I was like, what? Why can't we have multiple passions? Um, <laughs> but also, I remember this blockchain dev company looking at me so weird when we were in Miami and I was like, listen, it's not that I don't want to come work for you. It's just that I don't know where we're going to be in three years, but I know that right time, right now I have a job that whether or not NFTs go to zero, they're, they're still running and going, you know what I mean? So I was Absolutely. like, I, can't, I couldn't leave my full time um, in that regard. And like, for me, honestly, like in order to leave, it would, truly need to make sense like you know at a point where i just feel like okay i'm comfortable to say that this is my full time without having to rely on said companies you know like i want to totally. be able to do this on my own um and so yeah i just remember like it's so vivid because i keep talking about it. i'm like my god and i don't know where those guys are today um but i was like it's interesting how like people were looking at me weird like what do you mean you're not gonna this is an opportunity and i was like I get it, but we're also not in 2021. So you're right. I, I did see that. But I will say, I think what helps me too is that I've never had a job that was so secure. So like even in journalism, you know, guys, like you can mess up someone's name and get fired right off the spot. Like that's just how that's just how cutthroat the industry is. Right. Um, so like it just was never so secure. It was never secure for me to like, you know, think about, oh, like my summer vacation it just i never got to that point of feeling like i'm good for 10 years now let me kick up my feet you know what i mean like i just was never built that way anyway right um but yeah no i mean it is a bear i am sad to see a lot of the people i even met at vcon last year no longer here um you know so it's going to be interesting to see i mean i'm going to nyc next week for the first time so i didn't go last year and I am, I am actually very curious to see what ends up happening. Not saying I'm going to overhype it. I'm not hyping any event I'm going to this year. I, I'm actually very curious to see who ends up showing up. I just like started looking at Indiana and like booking tickets, and I was like, yo, this is getting this is getting a bit steep for like for this. You know what I mean? Well, so I would say VCon would probably be the best bet out of all of them. I would say just because it's like a festival rather than for sure, rather than for like sure. NFT NYC where you're literally not even going. I mean, if you're speaking cool, which I saw you were, um, it's and make sure you get some really good video or in content from that. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, you, no I'm serious. Like, take, like it. make make it work for you so you can actually say, hey, I spoke at NFT NYC. Um, I can tell you right now, if you don't do that, it is definitely kind of you know, it's a tough. You know, especially now because of the market, like even NFT NYC last year, like there, there, oh, there's only, there's people there that were considering 
canceling, you know, big companies canceling their events because there was no one there. Right. Yeah. And they were, they yeah. were considering like rolling back things, you know, IRL events at NFT NYC. And they were just like, it was very, very close to like a couple of them that I know of because they aren't cheap. You know, these big events are not cheap. The activations aren't cheap. cheap. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, yeah. this year, there's no doubt there. I don't know any big project that's actually having an event at NFT NYC that they did last year where like there was a cool cats activation. There was a doodles yeah. thing, you know, they, there's a whole bunch of really cool stuff that happened, but this I know. Year, and I missed all that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's okay. You didn't but, miss it. You didn't really, no, but you know what I say, yeah. Lucas? Cause I remember too, like, um, cause I think what happened, yes, this is what happened. Everyone at Beacon was like, are you coming to NYC? And I was like, cause I think NYC was in June. That's what happened. Right. It was different. Yeah. It was the end of June. Yep. Later on. Yeah. yeah. So I remember I was like, and my partner was like, let's go to NYC. Let's go. Cause he loved VCon. Right. And I was like, and that was one thing too. I remember vividly last year, cause I don't own a VF one, but I was like, if there's an event where I can show my partner that like NFT people are just a little cool, let's bring him to Gary V's conference. Like I actually think he'll, he'll do something decent. Um, and I was like, if it, if it sucks, we don't have to stay with the NFT people. We can stay with the business people. <laughs> like that's why I was trying to like convince him. Long story short, he's like so in love with Gary now. It's almost like it's pathetic. It's like, I don't know what secret sauce Gary put in the air that day, but like whatever. Um, it's, it's so funny. Cause I've, I've been following Gary for like 10 plus years. So like, um, I knew it was going to be good. I just didn't expect my partner to be like, Oh my God. Like he flipped the switch. Like, Oh my God, he drank all the juice. Um, which is funny. <laughs> um, I love it. I love it. Um, that's the way NFT events should be though. Like right now, what I've seen at NFT LA, NFT NYC, the, like Austin consensus, Phoenix, Arizona, like Vegas at web three expo, like all these events, like it, it absolutely should be a festival because that's what people are looking for. They're not the, the people that are here, the retail people that are actually here going to these events. I mean, they're, these are like, kids wanting to party like drink out of shoes and stuff like they're not the tech you know they're not the you know the don't get me wrong there's some very smart people that go to these events too but i would say that's about one or two percent and the rest are like like literally members of a community that's that's it right and they're just members of a community like when do you see like someone that uses like microsoft excel like the excel developer summit or or like Photoshop, you know, developers summit or something like that, where there's like a whole bunch of people that just like have Photoshop on their computer or like have Excel and they like use it every day and they're going to party and drink out of shoes at the Excel summit or like, the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the interesting part of this business is that people are celebrating and partying with other community members with these similar at like type assets or the same football Jersey or basketball Jersey. Cause that's what it basically is. Right. You know, you have your NFT and it represents your team, right? It's that's the team you, you, you play on. Oh yeah. No, no. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And that's why too, like last year for myself, a bit like what you were saying before, like, okay, so I'm speaking this year. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make my way there. It makes sense for me to go there. Yeah. Last year, you know, think about it, May. So I had started my journey in 20 in November. So let's just say like quickly seven, eight months, right. And then we're going to VCon, um, which we paid, you know, ourselves, like I didn't get, have a sponsor then, like nobody knew who I was. And all I remember doing was I printed my NFT. I knew Sparky would have her own booth. And I was like, I just want to go meet her. Um, 
And I was like, perfect. I'll go meet, you know, the artist that is representing my brand, whatever that's going to look like. I have no clue. And I'm going to go meet some, you know, some, some fellow listeners. Cause I remember too, part of the homework I did before VCon, cause that was a marathon. I made sure that I knew who was going to be there, what events were happening, where I was part of the VDAO. Like I was in every V friend space ahead of VCon. Um, and built sort of a community within that as well, right? Get to VCon, meet all these incredible people, have some great parties, right? And it was just such a fun time. And I remember everyone was like, you got to come to NYC, you got to come to NYC. But I'm telling you guys, I broke my partner's heart because I was like, I don't want to go to NYC. And he was like, why? And I remember telling him, I'm like, what am I going there for? What am I going to tell people? Because let's not forget, in 2021, people who were speaking on spaces had an NFT project or were building one. Like everybody else were just like on the sidelines. Like nobody wanted to interview me. Nobody cared about what Girl Inverse has no NFT. Boom, next, who's building an NFT? Like I remember every space, every space was don't about- say every, Don't say every maybe space. Maybe not every, maybe not Lucas's. Um, <laughs> but a lot of the ones that, you know, were geared towards my Twitter algorithm to me was a lot of, on today's show, we're going to have this person. And I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying we're so we're so beyond that, which is great. But I just didn't feel like I could go to NYC the way I feel like I can this year. You know, like this year, I'm much more um, confident about what I'm doing. I'm going to be present in New York. And you know what? If there's only two satellite parties, then so be it. I would much rather be in a smaller room with with people I actually, you know, are in groups with up on Twitter or who are, you know, continuously loving my stuff, sharing my stuff, retweeting my stuff. Like I would much rather have these conversations with people than just, like you said, just go to a party with like drinking from a, from my shoes and whatnot. <laughs> drinking from my shoes. <laughs> so like I'm okay with all of that, but I want people to know because I truly do believe this. It's not for everyone to go to these conferences. Like, um, you know, like Chris and I will laugh about all the time, like even with Brooke, it's like, we don't want it to be a Twitter space up on stage. You know, like show us something more, show us something better than a Twitter space, you know? And so, yeah, I would just say, study as much as you can now. I say, if you're a small person right now, that is the best time to make mistakes and to learn and to figure out you know, who you can trust in the space and then just make your way. Like I'm making my way. I'm, I'm slow and I'm happy to be slow at this. Like in a weird way, like I didn't get asked to speak at VCon or moderate. And I'm like, look, it's a bummer, but guess what? There's next year there. I have another year to be like, y'all wait for me. I'm going to be speak, you know, like, so it's fine. Like I'm actually like, I get to go to VCon and not speak. And then I get to Dare I say it? I'm gonna have my own booth <laughs> to talk to people anyway. So it's 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 fine. Um, I wouldn't take this, you know, too seriously because I know people get FOMO. And I FOMO'd last year. I don't know about you, Lucas, but I was FOMOing. I was no, like, oh my god, I definitely fine. did not. There were so many people saying horrible things, by the way, about VCon last year during VCon. And then afterwards, somehow it became like a great event. So I was like, I didn't understand like what happened. I was like, wait, you told me it was bad. Now you're saying it was great. Like six months later, like, which one was it? Like it was, did you forget like that it was bad or was it just not bad? And you were, you were just, your standards are crazy, crazy high for no reason. So I don't know. I mean, know. I think the standards were high because it's Gary, 
Um, yeah, but anybody's God, first like, summit though, anybody's first, especially like when it happened, like, wasn't it in like May, his event, like the end of, like, yeah, at the, the same time, May? like this year, it's, it's a long weekend in Canada, but it's, it's around yeah. the same time. I will say though, Lucas, I, I'm going to say this and I like, I love everyone who's going to be speaking, become, but I'm actually not impressed with the list. I, I'm going to go out. I'm going to say it. No, that's okay. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm usually not impressed, I'm not impressed with the, I'm not impressed with the list of like NFT NYC speakers. I'm not impressed with the list of like <laughs> NFT LA speakers. Like there's no list that so far that has actually included like non, non pay to play kind of people where it's like you, these, these yeah. people just want to be up there and speak and just so they can say, Hey, I spoke at NFT NYC and yeah. I have, and they don't spend any time in the space. They just want to do it to add to their resume so they can prove to their somebody or so-and-so that they know something about NFTs and they, I mean, that's fine. You know, whatever you're, I don't, I don't judge anybody actually when it comes to that, because there's so many of that happening. I would be judging like 99% of the people speaking, you know, like, I'd be yeah, like, no, I understand. But I mean, why are you like, up there? Like, what are the reasons, you know, stuff like that. And it's, they're never the right reasons, at least for some. Yeah, of no, for sure. I mean, for me, it was more like, you know, like for, for, for VCon, it, and it's fine because it's where we're headed. So like, I can trust that that's why he's doing it this way. But for me, it was the complete opposite. It's like, ah, I feel like VCon this year is going to be more about like marketing and business. Instagram, that sounds Facebook. fun. <sighs> to me, that sounds, that sounds like a better, that's a better event to me. And that's just Look, me, of course. So I know I just, I'd rather talk know. business at an, a, like a business summit um, but in the, in this case, it's a festival. Like if he treats it more like a festival where That's all true. these retail people, like I said, regular consumers are going to this summit. They, yeah. they bought a product and are going to the summit to go drink and smoke weed and do all these <laughs> things that, um, that are just, you know, whatever, whatever they're going to do is they're going to do. So I think the more, the more organizations that treat these like, you know, again, treat these like, like carnivals, carnival. Yeah. No, no carnivals. Like this is a, mm -hmm. this is a carnival to these people. Like most of the people that are going are going to hang out with people and get wasted. I mean, that's just it. It's not nothing wrong with that, by the way. It's just that that's what, why, that's why they were going. And that's what, that's what NFTLA was too. It was a bunch oh, of people look, wanted to get VCon, all torn up. The thing is, the thing is, Lucas, VCon won. Like again, my, my partner didn't care. Right. He was like, okay. But like you had Ledger helping people set up wallets. Like I really doubt we're gonna have that this year. That's that's what I'm saying. Like uh, we, I don't know. I think Ledger will be there. I, I think Ledger. No, will Ledger be. will be there. I'm yeah. just I'm wondering. You know, again, and like this is all pure speculation, guys. Like you know, like don't don't quote me on any of this stuff. We've lost Jeremy, so who knows what's gonna happen? Um, you know. Um, but I just there, there's a part of me that's just worried because it's so easy to forget that some people still don't get it. Like, Oh, we need an NFT to enter, you know? And I know Gary's done a really good job. Um, really good job yet. I never minted his NFT cause I didn't get it. even when he was talking about it, you know? Um, right. but, um, I'm just worried that it's gonna, it's gonna reach a sort of carnival or festival that as an NFT holder, you're going to be disappointed. That's just my, you know, that's just what's, you know, that's why I'm not a hundred percent sold on it, but I do want to be there because again, my community, the people who have been supporting me since day one are the ones I met at VCon. So I'm, I'm excited to see everyone again, shake everyone's hand, talk to gentle tornado and all of, all of the gang, you know? Um, 
But that's my only worry is more for like those who have been in the space who have, you know, I just don't think it'll be like VF, like VCon one. No, it won't. It won't because the market conditions are completely different, right? So the people aren't going to spend all the money that they don't have anymore because all their NFTs are at like 90, 95%, not the same value. So exactly. Yeah. It makes exactly. perfect, it makes perfect sense. Why? Right. So it, if they don't show up, you know, it makes, I mean, in theory it's good and it's bad, right? There'll be, there'll be people there that are probably more professional than these, uh, the consumers that'll, that'll like want to spend or shell out a whole bunch of money to go to an event where they're like, you know, again, they don't have a lot of money left because they spent it all on a, like, a. I mean, even how, how much are, um, how much are the tickets? No, no. How much are the NFT? How much are Gary's NFTs right now? Like, aren't they like also dropped in like enormously in value? Yeah. Yeah. They've dropped, they've dropped. Um, I can't tell you honestly right now. Yeah, I, it's okay. Maybe five ETH. I don't even know. No, that's okay. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like even his NFTs are like down, like real, real bad, right? His V1s, V2s, all that stuff has gone down. I mean, they're pumping the conference like crazy. I'm on every social media platform. Obviously I follow Gary everywhere, but I've never seen, like, that's one thing I will say. I'm a little disappointed, but I'm allowed to say this because, you know, Gary holds the standard so high. So I'm allowed to critique a little. They filmed so much that weekend. I've yet to see it. I'm like waiting. I'm like, and I was like, oh, maybe they're going to do it like a month before the event. They're starting to show videos. But when I tell you how much they filmed and like people in the space know we've seen so many cameras throughout that whole entire weekend, I would have loved to see more. Like, are they token gating it? I have no clue. But in order to pump it, you know, and you know that, right? Via Like the first event, you could only pump so much because you didn't do it. But the second event, I was hoping to see way more videos, you know, more interactions. Like, why why don't they show us that Gary had a selfie booth? You know, I waited three right. hours to take a picture with. But I'm he like had a waiting selfie for booth? that content to come out. Yeah, he was like waiting in line taking selfies with everybody. Wow, that's yeah, interesting. See, that, that's like I mean. a kissing booth just with se- for selfies. Yes, and people waiting on. Like one thing I will say, maybe that's going to be the difference this year, is that I remember him saying that he learned from the first year, which is they only had a select few hoodies that they were selling for, you know, the Vcon one, and so people were already selling them like three times the price the weekend of the event. People were running around trying to get those hoodies and t-shirts and all that swag. And I know Gary said this year would be different, so maybe it is going to be a breath of fresh air because it wouldn't be so much about pumping and pumping and pumping and selling and, you know, tripling your money off of it and more about building long-term, you know, like maybe that, maybe that's going to be the the vibe. Again, I'm excited to see. I'm just a little, and maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe half of those speakers are thinking about building NFTs or, or learning about the blockchain. I'm just worried. It's going to feel like an Oprah channel then, you know, like if you look at some of the bigger names, I'm just worried it's going to be about, you know, like, oh, how did you start your business? You know, but that's just me because I'm so into the space, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm, I'm going to go there. Open eyes, open hearts, you know, open arms, open mind, you, you know, but I'm just like, I, I'm going to I'm not as excited. Let's just put it that I'm not as excited. But maybe, well, maybe the good news is on. that means the bar is set low and that means you <laughs> actually could be pleasantly surprised here, right? 
Yeah, I look, I'm hoping, because my boyfriend is like, we got to go to VCon, VCon, like everything's VCon right now. So it's like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't think he's, I don't think he's wrong. I think it'll, I think it's definitely the, it has the most potential to be. Most potential for yeah, sure. For, yeah. Out of all the events, I think it has the most potential for being good. And like I said, it's only because it's like a festival, you know, like the, the whole festival vibe is the thing that's going to win if there's retail folks there. If there's not, and it's mostly business people, maybe the festival won't be as great. Maybe people will be like, oh, I didn't come here to like drink out of shoes and party and listen to like great music and stuff like that. It's possible. I mean, I think people know what they're getting into. So I don't, I, I mean, you know, so and they, yeah. they're getting good. I, mean, I think they got good speakers. It's more, it's definitely more friendly oriented. You know, like it's, you see a lot of families coming. It's, 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 it, it is different from like, let's just say Art Basel. Uh, of course it is. Oh yeah. Heck yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's not the same crowd at all, which is probably why he did it this way too. That's why I'm like, I'm curious to see because with Gary, it's always as if like, he's the one leading the way always six months ahead. So I'm just like, like I said, I'm just like, I felt like the direction was a little weird. Like, you know, like last year they had like some makeup artists. Now this year it's Bobby Brown's. I'm like, I don't know. Do they always have to, that's what I mean. I'm just like, okay, let's see. Maybe Bobby Brown is coming out with some blockchain technology, but it might not also be all about blockchain. Which is I don't think it should. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think it should be all about blockchain. My, to be honest with you, I actually think it should be, I mean, VCon is actually VCon. It's not NFT con. It's not NFT True. New York. It's not Art Basel where they threw, you know, <laughs> blockchain art into it when it was already there, you know, for art in the first place. So True. I think VCon is not ever going to be all NFTs. It's not ever going to be high emphasis on that unless the market is pumping. And then you, you add that layer of like, hey, this is what we are going to talk about a lot because it's top of mind. It's what's trending. It's all this other stuff. Like that's the beauty of what he did is that he created VCon, not NFTCon or Web3Con. Like that's the key, right? He can make it whatever he wants. If it changes, they, they I mean, I have a feeling this year they're going to be pretty heavy on talking about like AI. That's my guess because Ooh, it's the hot, yeah. to it's another hot topic right it's now. True. So Gary likes to like pivot into hot topics. I mean, that's just what he does. So I think there'll be AI and stuff. So what no, I mean, look, I'm excited. I just um, right now, obviously, I have New York on, on top of mind there. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I, I try to avoid all the NFT NFT stuff. I, I did want to go to consensus. I might be skipping it, though, now. Right. Um, yeah, there's just there's a lot, you know, it, it almost would be a full time job going to all of these events. Yeah, it's a lot. I did the speaking circuit last year. Like I said, six events I did. Um, and it was a lot, it was definitely a lot and, you know, it was great, but I literally saw the same people, which by the way, was a good thing too. You know, they were really, really good people in the space early stuff like that. Some came in a little bit later, some came in a little bit earlier, you know, like it was just, a, it was a great scenario all, all the way around. And yeah, most of it again is just like you think it would be is most of the people don't go to NFT NYC, right? They go to the side events and that's what I did the first year too. I just went to the side events. So we'll see how it goes. I There's hope not I, a lot of side events though. I know that's, that's, I'm, that should I'm, be, that should be the flag for you of like making <laughs> this into something more than just going to NFT NYC, make it go, make it so that you're going to New York and then anything around oh, yeah. there that you want to go see afterwards rather than just making it about NFT NYC. Cause I have a feeling you'll be a little bit disappointed if your entire focus was to 
fly in, just go to that and then fly out after a couple of events and speaking, they're going to be like, wow, that was not as good as I thought it would be. It's April. It's, you know, New York. There's some cool things to see. It's still a little bit chilly here and there, but it's nice. There's long, you know, Long Island. Um, there's a lot of other, there's like a lot of other cool things to see in that area. You could take a train to like my home state, Connecticut place is great. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of stuff to do. So I I would recommend making it, making it more of a a trip about, Hey, I want to go to New York with, if you're bringing your, your main squeeze, but make it more, make it more of that. And NFT stuff is like secondary. Cause then you'll be less disappointed when you're like, wow, I came here for this. Just in case, because it might go, hey, I came here for this and it's amazing. And it will be, I think. I actually think it will be amazing if you set your expectations correctly. And I think it will yeah, be, I mean, it'll that, be very disappointing if you don't set your expectations correctly. And that's part of like, maybe that's why too, I'm like, I'm just setting all my expectations low for every event I go to this year, just because it's just not going to be what we, what we once knew. And I just want people to understand that whatever, you know, time you enter the space, We've just, we're entering, I still think we're just starting the bear, you know, whatever that you're, is. You're right, it, by the way. It's just the beginning, Yeah. right? So like, and I, I'll be honest, like it was hard for me to even get a sponsor to go because just the money is not there anymore. Most people and, don't have sponsors that go, just so you know, like they just go to speak and stuff like that. Like, Oh no, I know. So I know. I just Trust sure me, I know. So Which good work on getting saying, a sponsor. That's really... <laughs> What I'm saying is like you you are in a luxurious spot where you you have someone actually paying your way. That's amazing. So good work. Well, look, it, it didn't it didn't come from, you know, just the, the the one year and a half of NFT work. But yes, I mean I, <laughs> I did get lucky, pulled pulled, you know, a lot of strings there. But I think too it's it's um, you know, just going back to all of this, it's really honing in on why you're attending like does it make sense for you to attend what are you planning to do when you're there right so all of these things have to make sense if your idea is hey i just want to go see my friends and party then that's a whole other thing you know what i mean like i it is strictly like business there's gonna be some fun um you know i have i have an amazing group of friends um in the space that will be there as well so it's gonna be so nice to connect with everyone to see everyone like i just that's one thing like when you do this type of work and you're like, you know, like I'm con- like people constantly see my face or feel like they're in my living room every day, which is so nice. But it's it's a lot sweeter and nicer when you get to see them in person, hug them. They tell you what they love. They're like, oh, my God, girl. You know, like all of that is so fun. It's so fun to do in real life. Um, it's almost worth paying the ticket just to go hug your friends. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so nice. I'm I'm glad you enjoy it. It's it's definitely a good situation, especially if your friends are there, things like that. I definitely couldn't agree more on that. So that's good. I'm glad you're see, this is good. Keep that. That's the opinion <laughs> you should keep. Make be very happy that this is happening in the first place. And I think you're gonna be literally just like happy in general with the results, you know? So I mean, look, a lot of people told me they applied to speak in New York, they did not get chosen. And they were like, if you got chosen you should definitely make your way there. And it was like, oh, maybe my topic of conversation is interesting. I am going to be talking about the power of community and how I relate that all to content creation and how we are using social media right now and the best ways to do that, right? Again, you know, back to my thread last week, I, I, 
I can't stress the importance of building a community, even if it's 10 people, guys. 10 people is like half the size of a classroom. That's that's big enough. Um, you know, if, if you've got 10 people backing you up, that's, that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, the power in community. I think a lot of these projects and, and people building in the space right now, a lot of them focus on numbers. Yeah, okay, so you've got 100K followers right now, but are they active? I'm sure they're not. We, you know, we've just talked about it, Lucas. A lot of people left, um, right? So it's all about building that community that when we, you know, when you are present, it allows those people to feel like they are a part of something. But when you're slowly disappearing or dismissing your community or not caring, because that's that's really the message you send when you do not, you know, talk to your community, get them involved, tweet you know, whatever it is, um, that message you are sending could be detrimental to the business that you are trying to build. You know, like we said before, we all kept saying we're early. Well, what are you going to do to remain early and to stay on top? Because that's one thing, right? It's, it's always that feat. Now that you're on top, the pressure is on to stay on top. So how do you do that? Yeah. Yep. And that's the interesting <laughs> part is like, whether or not you want to, like you just said, it's, it's a constant race and run. You can never stop. Once you start creating what you're like, what you're doing basically is you can never really stop chasing it. Once you start chasing it, unfortunately, there's no like, Oh, I'm just going to take the week off. Like if you take the week off, the algorithm is going to say, I don't even know who you are anymore. So it's a, it's a tough one. There's no doubt content creation, you know, if it hits, here or there, whatever the case may be, and you follow trends and you make it you make it big, let's just say with one post, they could forget you overnight if you stop creating content right after that. So I highly recommend if you create content, make sure you put it on YouTube where it, act, where it actually lives. It has a much longer shelf life. I have a video up there that's not even of me. It's just a clip of a movie that I thought would be amazing. It has like 5 million views over you know, a certain amount of time. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff that lives forever. Like make evergreen content. Make sure you put it on YouTube where it could be discovered. Instagram and Twitter and all these places are algorithmically generating content that you need to keep making every day. And if you stop making it on YouTube, you still have a little bit of a life where this content, you know, again, second largest search engine in the world is YouTube. So don't forget, like if you're creating content, stick it on YouTube and then, you know what I mean? Like reverse engineer it onto the other platforms that drive to like that content machine you want to create where it's, if it's YouTube or trying to gather email, email addresses, whatever the case may be, you want to own your audience too. Like that's a very important one. And the way to own your audience is collecting email addresses. You can take them wherever you go. And uh, I think yeah, that's a critical I, step. I could not agree more, Lucas. It's like, I get DMS all the time. Like, Hey, how can I start doing, you know, content? And you know, my only advice is to just start, you know, figure it out as you start. Um, there's no real recipe. I know people try to sell you some sort of recipe, but yeah, YouTube is, is the mother Lord, you know, like that's where everyone should be focusing their time on. Like right now too, like I thought, I thought to myself, well, like how can I do a sort of spaces, but that's not on Twitter because I don't know about you guys, but I don't, it's rare that I'm going to go re-listen to a a space. I disagree right? with that, by the way. I definitely disagree with that. I know that you do. I, I know think, that you do. I think it's super powerful to like, the recording of spaces. Like there's so many times 
people have actually listened to my spaces afterwards. It's crazy the volume you get afterwards. And it's even like, it surprised me. I was like, no one's going to listen to this, you know, us talk for like 12 hours. <laughs> Cause I used to do, you know, again, 12 hour spaces and it, it's crazy. They do like there might be 150 people in the space, but then you come back to it when you start, you know, cause you know, Twitter could, uh, wasn't always storing our recordings that actually happened in like January of 2022, I think where they started like allowing you to record and leave them on your timeline. So that problem got fixed. And then you just saw volume go up. People are like, wait, I can go listen to that real quick. And then you share it. You can actually share that space with like a group chat. And then all of a sudden you don't, you just never know who you're going to share it with, who then retweets it or shares it out. And they're another group chat and like, Hey, listen to this piece or listen to that or listen to this. And it's like, yeah, that one, there was one that I keep trying to tell people. I'm like, there was like thousand people in the space in April when we were selling this meme, April of 2022. And it sold for like a million, just over a million dollars, like a million, a million $50,000. And that one space, you know, had like a thousand people in it. I look back at it the next day, there's 16,000 listens. And I was like, what the hell? And I'm like, what is there? Is this, is the data wrong? And uh, it was because a news syndication picked it up and started like talking about it and promoted it on their, you know, across their websites and stuff like that. And all of a sudden they drove a whole bunch of traffic. So you just never know which thing is going to like take off for you. So it's like, that's the beauty of like spaces. I, I even had a space. Where was it? What was it like yesterday? I can't remember, but it was like two or three days ago. And I look, you know, I was like, Oh cool. Okay. So like 90 people came to it. No big deal. Then the next day it was like 120 listens. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. So there was another 30 people, you know, like that came in there. So even if it's 30 people, that's 30 more listens. Even if it's like the same person, like 10 people listening to it like three times, I'll take it just because that's another doorway back to me in a way. Another doorway back to the experience we have here, right? Where they can actually be like, hey, what did he say? Wait, what? let's go listen to this. Let me, let me taste test this because I liked one of his tweets or... Uh, his, his bio is cool or his cool cat was cool. Let's check it. Let's take a look what he's, what he talks about. And then bam, they're like, wow, I want to subscribe now. You know, I want to do something. And, uh, there's always that chance. I, I always say, leave it there if, as long as it's good. Right. No, a hundred percent. But what I was getting, so I love spaces, of course, cause it's so easy. And it's like, we just hop on and I could be in my sweats all day and I don't yes. care about how I look which is what I love about them. My only concern is that all this alpha is just living off of Twitter, which is when we were talking about like going to YouTube, like right now, what I'm trying to focus it on, but it's, it's not, it's not that fun. Let's be real. Like Chris and I do the show on Wednesday nights where we're talking strictly about content creation and we're on video. Um, but everyone else is in spaces, but it's so weird to juggle. And I honestly just can't wait till, it's sort of like mixed in where like YouTube could just grab that social audio. And you know what I mean? Like I just want to be able to go back to that instead of having to scroll on Twitter. Yeah. Um, you know, it's more for that because I'm always thinking long-term. Right. Um, but no, I love the power of the social audio. I mean, that's, that's basically how I started learning about NFTs. I didn't even go read a blog. I didn't go read an article about NFTs. I just listened to people in these spaces talking about this stuff. Um, and obviously then went to go do my homework, but I mean, I don't know about you, but like audio helps me 
like audio, video that helps me reading articles, writing articles. Feels so long and boring. Like I, for that I love AI. <laughs> you know, for like that aspect. Right. Um, but the whole like video and like doing all this social audio, I love that a lot. Right. I also worked in radio too, so I just think we connect better this way. I think it allows us to speak to people that we never thought we could before. It you know allows us to just build these these relationships with people, you know, I just, I think a lot of people just feel like they know us now, right? Lucas, like after listening to us for like two hours, like, Oh my God, like I, I vibe with them, but you'll never get that in a blog article. No, I agree. I think audio is what audio is the easiest barrier to entry. As far as I'm concerned, you don't have to get all dressed up. I, I, there were my first audio spaces. Like I literally was like laying in my bed like just laying there working on like my laptop talking as, and I was like basically treating it as like co-working unless it was like a big space that I was invited to go and talk in. And like, again, it was, it was interesting for sure. Like there wasn't even NFT spaces when I started doing spaces. So that literally was the first NFT space on Twitter was me. And uh, you know, I was get I got so much hate for that. There was like, what are you doing talking about NFTs? We're crypto people. <laughs> I get that on TikTok, like, you're a scammer. You're you're scamming the world. I'm like, I don't even, I don't get it. Like, but I'm just a scammer. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, I've, I have a problem of, like, I used to at least have a problem where, like, I would listen to people's, like, comments and things like that. Twitter is brutal for that. Like, I'm surprised, you know, if any video, anybody that's on Twitter, if you can't handle the comments after being on Twitter for, like, a year, then... I don't know what to tell you because Twitter is the most brutal, like non-doxed people that just say the most horrible, horrible things. And when you meet, like if you met one of those people in real life, they're like totally normal and probably nice. And they're just, they're keyboard cowboys and cowgirls. Like they just don't care because they're anonymous. That's the only thing anonymous or anonymity in, on Twitter does. It like protects you from being a decent person basically. If you're on LinkedIn, just imagine if any of these people would be writing and saying these horrible things. They wouldn't. There's no doubt about it. If their name was attached, they would be ostracized. <laughs> you know what I mean? Professionally ostracized. They'd be like, get out of here. Nobody it's would be true. okay with that. So, It's true. Well, this weekend when I did my April Fool's uh, video, I had someone saying, you should just show your chest. I was Jeez. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised about that. I mean, this is Twitter. The first thing that they, they, they allow art in the blockchain. The first thing they, they draw is, you know, a dick. So it's like, yeah, crypto dick butter. Yeah. Well, it was just <laughs> ridiculous, but it's like, that's just our mentality. It's like, Oh, let's draw a schwanz real quick. No big deal. Yeah, of course. So it's pretty funny. So I what's know. next, Everyone's what's next like for you though, this year? Like what else? Like you're going to speak at NFT NYC and then you're going to VCon. And like, what um, else? Like, what's your plan? Are you just going to be, yeah. are you just going to blow up and be like the web three, Mr. <laughs> Mrs. Beast? Oh God. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's funny because last year people were always like, you're the girl version of K money. And I was like, Oh my God, no, I'm not, but okay. And then when I met K money, he was like, you know, that's, that's offensive because you know, um, you should be doing your own thing. I'm like, I am, I am. It's fine. I just think it's, it's, it's funny how people relate to the content um i really you know what i think there's beauty in not knowing so i'm allowing myself you know to just like roll with the punches um but i think for me i think i'm just gonna stick to honing in on being a leader 
content creator um, and what that looks like, you know, because I entered the space at a time where, like we said before, you know, it's just been crazy, wild. Everyone is buying into everything. Um, you know, it was just crazy time. And now it just gives us the time right now in this bear to just build and to just work and to just showcase it all off until they come back and they're like, oh, wait a second, you've been here, you know? And that's pretty much my goal, which is to just allow myself myself to stay consistent in this way. Um, but, you know, again, staying clear away from people who just want my thing, you know, uh, it's not gonna, it, there will be a cost to it, but also I really want to stick to owning everything I do. That's, that's very crucial for me this year. So I'm building on my website. Um, I'll, I will figure out, you know, what, what I can do with all of this, but you know, I do get people writing to me like, Hey, I want to be able to like support you. How can I support you? You know? And I'm not here to make $5. Like I'm like, not to say that, you know, it would be nice. It would definitely be nice to get paid, um, to be doing what I'm doing. Um, but it's got to make sense and it's got to, it, I want it to, I want it to last a long time. I want people to really like, you know, if they invest in me, it's because of X, Y, Z, you know what I mean? Like I want it to make sense. Um, so I'm, I'm just not ready to just like throw things out there, but I really think that for me at this stage where I'm at, it's honing in on what it takes to be a content creator, um, the steps it takes, um, and letting people know that they have a day one. And if that means I got to walk them through it, I will. Um, but yeah, I, I think a bit like what Gary's doing, maybe, you know, step away from the whole NFT, NFT so much and go back to what I've been known for, which is content creating. And, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But at the same time, you know, I'm one of those people that I, I really do want to get more women here. Um, I just think that the barrier is that we just don't see the possibilities for us, just, you know, point and blank, um, without having to feel like we need to be just women. I don't want to just stick to women in Web3, you know. I used to laugh at Brooks, Brooks, TikTok. It was about the that, best. It was the best depiction know, of like literally the entire space when it came to like, oh, let's just check the box of diversity and add yeah. a girl because just because she's a girl and it's not really because she cares or really is interested. She just, you know what yeah. I mean? Like at the end of the day, it was like the video just hit home. That's why it was so funny and so good. Know, it so good. It's still the um, most, one of the most genius videos I've seen in web three so far. Like she. Yeah, exactly. Like she, <laughs> she just described it perfectly well. And that's something that, I want to stay away from, I mean, look, it's hard because as women, um, we only relate to women. It's just the reality of it. So I, I know for a fact that, um, eventually girl in the verse for me is just, it's, it's not just me. Um, whatever that looks like, I don't know, but it's not just like, you know, me, the face behind girl in the verse. I, I see it a lot bigger than that. I want women to feel like there's a place for them. There's a place where we can joke. Like I tend to do these, like, you know, if women were whales, like how would women be talking about an NFT project pumping, you know, um, which is so different than men. And it's not just to be like women versus men. It's just that we are different. And I just want to hone in on that because I love that we're so different. You know, there's books about women from Mars, men are from Venus, you know, um, no, it's men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Um, but it's just, it's just a reality that I think it's just not so black and white. It's very much gray you know, for women. And, um, you know, then you want to add non-binary and, and whatnot, but I just, 
you know, want to focus in on how women can see the possibilities for themselves because I know for myself, you know, I'm only 31, but talking about my finances is just not something we do over cocktails. You know, us yeah. women, we don't, we don't talk about these kind of things. Well, you most know? guys don't either. Just so don't feel bad. <laughs> just letting you know, like literally <laughs> most mean? guys are like, oh, when are we doing another shot? Like it literally is not a, it's not something anybody is like in, in America, we are not taught financial literacy by any, by any stretch of the imagination. That's true. So that like, is true. there's not like, that's what I loved about the NFT and like web three space. It literally took out also like, I, I like that it removed politics and race and yeah. gender and all that stuff. We didn't talk about any of that. Everybody is equal in this space until we start bringing it into the space. And then now we're creating inequality when we bring it into the space. I think that's just my opinion. Yeah. Of course, I actually 100%. think you're right though. We do need more women that are actually interested in the space, not just yeah. coming here just to come here because they, you know, they were um, an OnlyFans girl and they, they're the, you know, their OnlyFans <laughs> is like dropping or, you know, I don't, I don't mean it in a bad yeah. way. I'm not saying yeah, all, yeah, no, uh, again, make sure you understand, like, I am not saying all women that come into Web3 are that way because there's not, there's brilliant people even on stage right now. You, there's Mariana, there's Mary Beth, like, again, and there's Jump. I can't see your name. Jumpstart Janie. 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 Yeah. Sorry. Jumpstart. I almost just called her jumpstart. Janie's also a very genius person in the space as well. And you know what I mean? Like you're all here for the correct and right reasons, but NFTs and web three don't define you. You have things outside of this that you can add value to. It's not, exactly. you're not just like, Oh, if I don't have NFTs in web three, I'm nothing. It's, it's a part of my life. And then there's like the 90 other percent of my life. That's also amazing. Like here's the slice that's about tech. Here's the slice that's about community that has nothing to do with these categories and doesn't have anything to do with my gender. You're just smart people. And yeah. I think that's awesome. Well, smart that's and exactly curious people. It. Yep. That's exactly it. And you know, I, I just, for me anyway, it's like, you know, when I first started doing like the crypto news update, people were like, oh my God, why'd you do it? I'm like, because I wish someone else was doing it. Like that, that was it. Like that was period. That's how you line, win right? right there. You solve um, a problem for yourself. Exactly. But, but the, you know, the difference I think, cause a lot of people send me other people's like crypto news updates and whatnot, not to say that mine is better at all. The only thing I think that, which is why people resonate with mine the most is because I make it relatable to how the community is feeling that week. That's it. But that's, that's, that's the research that nobody else is doing, you know, because I'm living, like you said, I'm living and breathing in the spaces, right? So I know what people are talking about. I hear it. I see it. People are writing to me. Right. And I make it the reference, which is why when I say I want more women here, it's not only to say F you men, because I think we need the men, because like I said, I, men got me in here. So I want to applaud the men that are here, applaud the men that support women. But I just want to be able to reach those little girls who, you know, and I'm hearing it from a lot of people right now. A lot of girls, young girls are resorting to OnlyFans and they think this is the only way they can make money or, you know, build a career for themselves. That's the slippery slope about social media today too, because as women, it's so easy for us to compare ourselves and everybody else and every other model on TikTok, right? So it's, it's under, it's like all those underlying issues that we've built from generation across generation. Like I'm trying to figure out a way where there is a safe space for us. And I want all girls to be in any verse, any metaverse that they choose to be in, however they want to be girl, boy, whatever it is you choose to be, you know, but it's finding a way to do that. That is, 
genuine too, you know, without having to build an NFT project and say, we are women heroes for, um, but really a place where we can ask the stupid questions. We can, you know, promote ourselves, you know, meet up maybe once a month, you know, like whatever it's going to be. I just don't know yet. I just know it's not just going to be me because it really does take a village to build anything anyway. So it's not just going to be me. Um, I just think I've, my background and the way I've built my life is allowing me to be the voice I think I need to be for women in the space or for people who are not here yet. But um, yeah, I don't want it to just be like, oh, okay, we're women. And and it's also not about pumping. You know, I don't want to be like, this is a quick, easy $20 you can make today. You know, like I want to be stay clear from that because that's what we saw during the bull, right? And I don't want it to be that. Um, but I don't know how it looks like. I just know that I'm going to be meeting some incredible women at NFT NYC, some women doing incredible things for young girls today, right now. And those are the people I want to talk to. Those are the people I want to go, you know, look at and, and go see what they're doing and, you know, not focus so much on the famous TikTokers on stage, <laughs> um, but really, really focusing on like, so my next year, Lucas, to your question is really honing in on what is my vision and mission for Girl in the Verse? And how I see that building out in the next year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope that I hope that kind of answers it. I mean, it's so vague because it's gotta be. I'm not sure, you know. Yeah, that's fine. You know, the answer is you're not sure, you're just gonna go with the flow, see where it takes you. I mean, I think that's completely fair. Um, you know, nobody's journey is, you know, set in stone where it's like, oh, you're doing it all wrong. No, it, you do you, you know, like your way is the right way. Uh, at least to me, like, I, I'm not going to judge the way you do. You're going to operate in the space. I think that's really smart to like go with the flow and see where it takes you. Like have fun doing it too. I mean, the whole idea of this is to actually have fun doing it. So oh, like, yeah. is, if you don't have fun, then there's really no reason to be doing it. You know, like I can't imagine doing stuff that I don't enjoy. I mean, at the same time, you do have to pay the bills. So there might be yeah. a job you might have to work until you, ha you can actually do it full time or whatever the case may be, you don't, you, you don't actually have to like your, your proof. You don't actually have to do it full time. You know, like you could do it part time and you could do it like whenever you want to do it. Like at the end of the day, that's what it's all. That's all that matters to me is that like people can come here, enjoy themselves, have fun. Cause the space is supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be toxic. Um, it's oh yeah, not, exactly. Yeah. It's supposed to be fun and, and like people enjoying themselves and, that was at least how it was back in the day. But again, you can't stop people from being the way they are at the same time. So just know that it's not always going to, it might not always be fun. A hundred percent. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I always say it, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. I'm like, I do this completely solo. Um, you know, like I'm in my living room. I have the jokes. I'm like, eh, I laugh by myself and I'm like, Oh my God, I can't wait to have a team. <laughs> hey, like, if you can oh reach God, out, I if you can wait. reach that, like, if you can reach that one person, if that person's you, you win. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And like, like I said, like, I'm just, every time someone says that my content resonates with them, I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm doing it. Like this is the right way. Um, and I think too, it's like, for every other, like I'm hearing from a lot of content creators right now, like, oh, budgets are slim. Oh, I'm not like a bit like what you were saying before. Like, oh, I got the sponsor. I think too, it's because people sell out quick. You know, they just go quick to, okay, the money's here. And it was hot during a bull. I'm excited to see what happens during a bear, you know? 
I don't take that money lightly. You know, anytime someone is like, hey, I want you to come and I, I try to give them 100,000, 25% every time I'm there because you just, that's what people will take when they leave. You know, that's what they're going to remember too, right? So, um, yeah, I just don't take it anything for granted. If anything, like, I'm excited. Well, excited is weird, but like, I'm ready for the bear. I'm just, I'm here for it, you know? Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see, Lucas. Like we said before, a lot of people have left. I don't blame them. If anything, I'm like, good good for you to have known that this was your limit. Um, you know what I mean? I don't want anyone to feel ashamed for leaving. Never. No, of course not. I mean, just like just like shaming people for selling their NFTs. Like, I think I've, I've seen that a million times. And I'm like, why? Like, you're upset because they're actually selling their NFTs and making a... Maybe they're making a profit. Maybe they're not. But either way, like, let them sell. Let them do what they want to do. It's the strangest thing I've ever seen where they're like, there's like cell shaming about things. I've just never, never come across that. And, you know, never let anybody, you know, make you feel bad because you're taking profit too. Like if you don't take profit, you never win. And if you, you never win, you're not going to come back here. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it's very, very important to make sure that you guys, like everybody balances themselves with that kind of a mentality where it's like, don't listen to these people who are telling you, you can't win. Don't tell, don't listen to these people who are telling you, you can't do certain things, go and do it anyway. Like go and win anyway. If they're not, they might not have made smart decisions, but you can make a smart decision. You could go and win. You're allowed to take profit, like have a, have a, you know, have a, an, an investment strategy. Like if you don't have an investment strategy and I can tell you right now, the best of us, I'm not saying myself, but there are definitely a lot of people in the space. And I'll tell you a story from like, 20 years ago, my brothers got on the penny stocks. They didn't have an investment strategy. Very smart people too. Like I, I can't say they're not smart. They definitely are smart, smart people. And they bought a stock that went skyrocketing through the roof. And, you know, they paid like 35 cents a share for it. And it went all the way up to like over $20 a share. And their investment strategy was YOLO. We're going to ride it to a hundred dollars. I'm like, guys, don't you think you should like get out of this a little bit here and there so that you can actually make profit along the way as it goes up. They're like, no way. hundred dollars are bust. And I'm like, okay, you spent five grand on this stock and you got lucky and went up, but no investment strategy. You're basically, you know, shooting yourself in the foot and they, they lost. They basically, not only did they lose the, you know, the unrealized gains, they lost their money too. It, the, the stock went to like five cents instead of 35 where they bought it. And that was the end. So it's like all this stuff is up to you. Don't let other people be, you know, affect you. Like if I feel like selling an NFT one day, I'm going to sell it. I don't care what anybody says. Like it is what it is. Like, don't get mad at me. Like if you do, it's none of my business. Use the block button. <laughs> people that get frustrated with you. Like I, I probably have almost 800 people blocked on Twitter just because, you know, I, I just don't take, the, the, the crap from people. They want to like say something negative or something like that. I just don't have time for them. So I either mute them or block them. So it's just be really generous with the block button and the mute button. I think it's really important to like for your mental health to like block and like mute people out of your lives because people get psycho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do. I mean, my, like when people reach out to me and it's always like super negative, it's like, you're fudding, you're this, you should be promoting. I'm like, it's not fudding. Asking questions is not fud. It is trying to get clarification. Um, and yeah, in some sort of weird way, we've sort of, 
we sort of made things weird. Like asking questions all of a sudden is straight to fudding, you know, or like talking about a project is like not good, you know, like who are you to talk? Like it's just the weirdest thing that we've developed, I feel like over the last two years. Um, and I'm also hoping that changes. And you'll see like a lot of my messaging now is like, you, you should be able to ask questions. Like, you know, I, I keep saying in a weird way, Lucas, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can do this, but I think I can. It all depends the the sort of willpower I think I have because it takes a lot of work to do this kind of stuff. But I am um, looking at potentially doing some more investigative type of work with oh, certain founders. Another on-chain vigilante? No, no, definitely Please not. Please don't. But we don't need any more of these like randos that don't want to dox themselves. No, and then, that's like, exactly hey, slander, hey, hey. slander people. <laughs> no, that's exactly not it. I think, I think we've come at a point where we need answers, not only for certain projects who have disappeared. I'm even talking about the ones that are still here. These blue chips, whatever. I don't know why. Who decided to call them blue chips or whatever? Um, but I think. I think I'm anyways, I'm, I'm tired of hearing people going on a space. I'm like, Oh my God, we love you. And Oh my God, you're so amazing. And Oh my God, like, okay, they've only got 10 minutes. Like I, I appreciate it, but what happens to those who have real questions, you know, not just shooting people flowers. I, don't get me wrong. I want to give everyone their flowers, but we need to step away from the, you know, like, I mean, I see it all the time. Yeah, uh, a founder will put up a space, but it's like their BFF that's hosting, you know, like, can we? Why is that wrong, though? My question is, let's pretend this is a band and you invested in the band by buying merch and like a ticket to their concert. Let's say it's yeah. a let's say it's a year long ticket. You so you think those people or somebody that invests in a product now has the right to like literally uh, have like a kangaroo court session and like put these, like, like ask these people like these crazy questions. If you don't like a project, just sell the NFT and you don't have to worry about the project anymore. But see that that's what I'm saying. It's it, but it has nothing to do with liking or not. You know, like when I go back to when yeah. I did journalism, it had nothing to do with liking. It was, I had to go ask the prime minister why we were shutting down our province. Right? Yeah. Like, but that's a little, has, that's a little, I would say that's going to, so I'm going to push back a little bit. I'm going to say that's back, a, please. Yeah, I'm going to understand that's a, why it would be wrong. That's a little different. So here's a, here's a, you know, the analogy of the band, like that's what these people are doing. They're becoming parts of communities and in those communities, they're finding, I belong. This is my tribe. This is my people. I now have friends. They're even closer than my friends in real life. Friends. Like I hear that all the time. And if someone paid 150 or $200 or whatever the price is, it doesn't really matter. First, number one, no one made them pay that price. Like they have to take responsibility for buying into a project. Like that's the number one thing. Like mm -hmm. they bought something and if they wanted the community, they got it. If they were looking for a 10 X flip and it didn't 10 X that's on them. They mm -hmm. were betting on a penny stock and the penny stock didn't go as you know, well, and it's all based on social community sentiment. I and totally hear you, but scary. Why? It's scary that that happens. Look, we actually ran, we like got banks got destroyed in the last couple of months because mm -hmm. people lost 
confidence in those banks because people went on social media to complain about those banks. Like that's the reason why those banks went on runs. Silicon Valley Bank never would have run, never would have closed down like it did if it wasn't for these idiots. Like, and I, and I know some of them, like I, I'm straight up like calling them, like calling it how I see it. Like these people went onto Twitter in rooms full of 10,000, 20,000 people were writing tweets saying it's the life changing going to destroy our tech space forever. It's going to set us back. It's a, it's a national security risk, blah, 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 blah. No, what they were doing was protecting their own assets. That was it. 97, 95 to 97% of the companies that bank that Silicon Valley bank would have gone out of business anyway. That's how startups work. They're not going to get any better than that. Y Combinator, great example of a successful incubator, their success rate on average, 8% of their companies maximum become more than going out of business. So again, you have to understand like, it's like, where do we stop with this kind of like, I don't know. It's just a, it's a strange dichotomy that people can go on to Twitter and then like, like they, I feel like people are, feel like they're very entitled. And I think the entitlement is really strange in the space where, Hey, I own like I own an iPhone. So now I can go complain to Tim cook. It's like, no, you can't go into a space in the, where Tim cook's talking and like get up on space and like expect to get on space and like have him listen to your ideas on like making the iPhone better. It's just not, that's just no, not the way it works. I, so <laughs> I totally get that. What I'm saying is, you know, let's say going back to your band analogy and it's like the band and it's their BFF. That's like asking them all the questions. Why the BFF? Why not have someone who um, is non-biased come up and literally do, let's say, a thoughtful in interview where we cover all aspects? You know, like my worry with all of this is, and this is a worry I started seeing in journalism as well, which is it's very hard now, especially with AI and whatnot, but we don't even have to get into AI, but to decipher what's real and what's not. Right. And we've been talking about this this whole time in the space. And that was one of my worries when people were not doxing themselves is that when you don't dox yourself, you allow yourself to go on and develop a roadmap and then just walk away quietly. Right. Um, when you dox yourself and you're you're out on the street and you're on stages and you're doing your thing and you're repping your brand, you really believe in it. It's going to be a lot harder to BS, you know. A Frank D. Gods, let's say right now, because he goes publicly and speaks and says what he's got to say. What I'm saying is, I have yet to see someone be not biased and ask questions. And it's not to, it's never to. When I say what questions would you ask? Sorry, I don't, wanna, I don't want to interrupt you, but like, what question would you ask? Like, let's just say, I wouldn't want some random person asking me questions. That's for sure. Um, this so-called unbiased person. I, I don't want to be caught off guard by some random question who's like, hey, Luke, um, you know, what about this or that? I'd be like, uh, why are you even asking me that? Like, that's really just like a question. A like, hey, question. why, <laughs> you know, like, why would you, why would you, what allowed you to start a season two of your project? I don't know. I'm saying anything right now. Like, you know, like, what was the real reason? Right. And it's like, oh, well, we thought this. Okay, great. We get the real answer. We don't get the, well, I, we wanted to do this, but you know, then we had, you know, like I, it's the roundabouts that we keep here. And I'm, I'm just saying this personally myself. It's not like, I, I just, I feel like a lot of these projects got 
lucky because no one in the space held them accountable is what I'm saying. So D gods, are you saying like D gods got lucky? Are you saying no. like apes? Cause I think they did both of them even freely admitted, especially apes. We had no, I mean, again, they've been interviewed countless times. Now we had no idea it was going to go well. We thought we would get some, a little bit of ETH and mm-hmm. the project wouldn't mint out. And that was it. Like we'd walk away with like five or 10 ETH split it up. And then that would be the end of the project and c- come to find out it, it exploded because it was the right time, right place, yeah. right market conditions, everything. And all of a sudden somehow the apes became bigger and again, and what they thought. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's like literally no, I wouldn't even call it a unicorn. It's an outlier will never happen again. Mm-hmm. Can't happen again because market conditions and everything just like they just did smart things that they didn't even know was smart at the time. Like they literally just did things and they, some of them were successful and some of them weren't, but it, we have very selective memory when it comes to like building a business and yeah. some, some of these projects, you know, like, how would you hold, like, here's a great example. How would you hold someone like a Jack Butcher? Uh, you know, like, how would you hold him accountable? Because he, he made an art project, yet there's like, you know, there's like thousands of his pieces out there now mm-hmm. in this collection. And people are, ups- like, there are people that are upset with him. Yet in my mind, if I bought into J- one of Jack Butcher's collections, I knew exactly what it was. It was an experiment. Yet there are people out there going, hold them accountable, you know, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And it's like, dude, the NFT was eight bucks. Like, what do you talk about? It was a, it was a social experiment. There were, there were projects that were launched in 2021, 2022 that were literally like no roadmap, just art. You know what I mean? So like, that's, that's here's it. what I would do with Jack Butcher. You <laughs> yeah. just, you just made me think of with Jack Butcher, instead of, you know, my approach is never like people are saying it's garbage. I would literally be like, Jack Butcher, what would you tell people right now who are disappointed they wanted more from your thing? That That's the question. But we never hear that. We never hear those kind of... We never hear what a founder or what a project has to say about XYZ. Do you get what I mean? And it's never because, trust me, I've tried speaking to the doodles, and I think their biggest worry is that what they say will be misconstrued or whatnot. And I totally get it because I heard it years on end as a reporter you know people think that we have like some secret ai tool which i never had but like to change the voice and whatnot and like we didn't get too technical because a nobody understood the amount of pressure and time we were on um but also i think it's it's just about if anything it's sort of like a refresher like hey how did you start in the space what is it about what do you think about this when you started nfts it was this way now we're going into this what do you like i just feel like we are missing some puzzles and it could be too that they don't want to talk about it but i say why not say that you are not comfortable talking like there is nothing wrong when we ask you know our president or our prime ministers or you know any city councilor we go up and we ask questions and these aren't but these aren't these aren't these aren't public office holders these are private these are private companies i well, some of them are not fully private, but I, they're all private. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, they're what all, I'm they're all is, private, but yeah. Go okay. Ahead. They're all private. What I'm saying is there needs to be some sort of openness because we've, we started a space that was super doxed. Now we're entering an era where we're all undoxing, but what, what will that look like in the next year? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like you are, Going on a stage to New York, you're a founder, 
you're going to talk about the same three things you've been like the same cassette goes on and on and on. I'm saying I have yet to see a place or a space where founders can really take 10, 20, 30 minutes talking about the things that they really want to get off their chest. And I'm saying we're not seeing that because we have yet to trust real people asking the questions in a way that is not about fudding. It's not about like, well, you owe us. Like, it's not about that. You haven't seen that. You haven't been in the space long enough then, as far as I'm concerned, because (laughs) people have come up. There's no doubt founders have absolutely been answering questions all along the way. And as soon as they do, people will literally spin it into their own narrative and like into hate. I can tell you right now, there are so many people, founders and stuff like that, literally launched projects and actually did answer questions. And no matter what they say, they just can't yeah. win. Like like Kevin Rose, great example, right? They made yeah. countless mistakes and they made um, countless successful moves. But there is no answer that's going to be good enough for everybody that he's going to give people that's okay, now I feel okay. You just can't please everybody. And if you want to go and ask these, you know, try and ask like pointed questions to these founders, go for it. I just don't think they're going to let you. Um, They're going to want to know what you're asking. And a lot of them like already have answered 99% of the questions you're talking about. Like I've, I've heard a lot of these like project founders, you might not think they have, but I've heard them in, I've been in late night, very late night spaces and they openly talk about like miss, you know, misses instead of like all their successes. They, they talk more about their misses than they talk about their successes when they feel they're around friends and they can do that. So 500 person rooms where founders are talking about their successes and their misses and mostly their misses is like, I would actually pop into some spaces at night and like you, you can lit, like lit, like you said earlier, listen to these people talk, like you'll, you'll get the answers you want to get in those spaces and I'm not saying that you don't have a place here to like ask questions. Definitely. If you feel like your move is to go and like put these guys on like a, uh, you know, different, like a Barbara Walters 60 minutes thing, go for it. But I just think these are private companies. Most of them, I'm not all of them. Cause there is a, you know, again, like artifact is, was bought by Nike and they're a public company. So not really sure how they treat their subsidiary. If it's like public or private as well. I don't really know if they treat it differently. So I think, it's a good idea to go ask questions. I also think it's a good idea to not like ambush anybody um, about questions too. And you might think that they haven't answered certain questions, but again, like when you have somebody that you're interviewing, like it's a compliment that they're allowing you to interview them. You have to take it with like, wow, this is, this person's sharing their time with me. And I'm not saying you have to be nice. If you want to be, you know, a person that, you know, again, like that's, going to jump them with questions or, or think that you're answering, you know, asking the real questions. I just don't know how successful that's going to be. Cause I know I wouldn't want to go on a stage where it, you know, the questions are, you know, I don't know, whatever I feel like answer asking. It's like, I'm not going to a- like answer certain questions and I don't want to be put on a spot where I don't want to answer a certain type of question. Like, Hey Luke, like what's your shoe size? It's like, uh, I don't really want to talk about that kind of weird. Like that's an example, by the way, I think of this as like, Again, I think of this as like bands. You're buying a ticket to a community to belong to a band because really at the end of the day, if you're a holder of like, let's just say a Ute or a D-God, right? I'm only using them as an example because they're, they're the most, you know, talked about stuff right now. Yeah, apes are around, but you know, everybody's like, oh, apes this and apes that. Okay, cool. What do really apes get? 
like utility wise, like they get into a bunch of like uh ape fest and things like that. And they get swag and merch and all sorts of stuff. Like, but they don't get it for free. You know, they have to buy it all. So like, again, we're, they're building per, like these are brands they're building. So what you expect to ask these folks that are building brands is like, I don't know. Like I said, it's a, I can just see like D gods as a band and Frank's like the lead singer, the front man for the band. That's how it should be treated right now. Cause that's what this is. You don't own. And I see, I see it like that too. I just, yeah. it's probably just my personal take because I've been a reporter for so long. I just feel like there's a lot of questions that I don't necessarily hear. And I'm not saying that there needs to be some grandiose answer. I just feel like sometimes it, it just feels like, like, like the school band with like, the fangirls asking the questions, but that's just me personally. I just think that they're eventually, if we are serious about building in the space or even like some sort of recollection, like who's to say that in five years from now, I can't go back and be like, Hey, D gods, do you remember what in 2020 this happened? Like, look at your success today. You know, like I'm just saying, like, I feel like there still needs to be a neutral voice and we have yet to see that neutral voice being the person asking the questions is what I mean. Yeah. I was, just so just so you know, like I, the, I did that all in all of 2021 and 2022. So I was a neutral voice that didn't hold any NFTs or anything like that. So it's definitely happened. I just want to like make sure that you know that you, you are do you would just be continuing the work that people have already done for sure. People have done. Yeah. 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 And that's great. I think it's needed. I think you're absolutely needed in the space. So there's no question about it. And your tactic will definitely work. Just, you know what I mean? Like be more a barber. Oh, no, no, I'm hearing you. And it, it's yeah. making me also reflect because, you know, in all honesty, I mean, a lot of people, that's their thing. Right. And I, and I always explain this too in media, like it's, it's the same sort of thing is I'm the messenger. I will give you the stage, right. To do it. But there needs to be someone there, you know, saying this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can't just, I don't see myself going on and be like i hate these people like it's really got to come from you know work and i think that's why too coffeezilla got such a bad rep but i was like i remember when people were like oh my god like they were like fudding the work that he had done about logan paul and i was like there's so much work that goes into that and i think a lot of people just don't understand that sometimes you know coffeezilla is the face and messenger and we don't have to go on about coffeezilla but it's just like there is work involved but in order for that work to come out or however it you want to release this kind of stuff. There's months and months of work and research and trusting people and, you know, hearing their stories and whatnot. So it, it's more about, it's not so much about, Hey, here's an, here's an open stage and ask all your loving questions. I totally get the band aspect. I just think eventually, I don't know that there, there just needs to be maybe more of that sort of work. Maybe. No, I, don't know. I agree. I'm I agree. I'm not, there. I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying what you, you want to do is bad. I think it's a genius idea. I think you should do what you want to do and test and iterate. And if it works, go for it. Like, I just think like the way I, the, I'm just giving you my, my unvarnished oh, opinion. Oh, and I totally get it. Yeah. It's I like the band, they were private. <laughs> yeah. The band, so the band, the band reference means like more like, Hey, if you're a fan of the band, if you're a fan of the art, you're not going to go, Hey, where's my utility for the ticket I bought to your concert yeah, that I sure. went to at NFTLA? What's next for me that I get for free from you? Like, give me more money. Like the band will be like, what? Like, what are you yeah. talking about? Like, gave, like what, what do you expect? Like, you're not a shareholder. You're not this. You bought a ticket 
to a community, you're part of a community right now. And the other thing is like, it's like if the band goes, Hey, we're adding a, we're adding a trip. We're, we're adding another concert to the tour. The, the members aren't going to go, why are you doing that? Give us all the reasons. It's like, because we wanted to like, why 100%. do we have to answer you about adding a tour date? Like they, they just wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? And that's how I see these projects. It's like right now, that's just the form they're in. They're a pub. They're mostly private companies. They're mostly culturally relevant, like things they're doing with the art. They're tying art to the young drinking culture, young frat culture, young, you know what I mean? They just are. I mean, you, we all know they are like a lot of people coming out of a pandemic lost probably a lot of friends in terms of like, because they spend so much time indoors. They're just not friends with the same people anymore. Cause those people have changed their lifestyles, right? Some of them stopped drinking. Some of them have kids now and a wife and all this stuff. And they are like looking for belonging and more. It's been, ex, you know, exasperated by the pandemic. And we're still just on the other side of that. And I think, I think a lot of people just wanted to belong and they felt like they needed to buy their way in. Even though these communities said, hey, you don't need to own an NFT to be part of our community. Like every community said that. And I'm part of, I don't know, like 80, 90 communities, or at least the ones that were here. And now I'm probably, I mean, now that the ones that are left, I'm probably part of 10 communities. But it's uh, those 10 communities, like I, again, like I don't even own some of their NFTs and I'm part of their community. And I just like the people in those communities. And some of them I don't like. Some I own NFTs and I don't like the community and I just hold the NFTs because I'm like, maybe one day it'll go up in price, but I'm sure as heck not going up and like going, hey, founders, what are you doing for me next? Why aren't you like like sweeping my house? Like, why aren't you like, you know, washing my car for me? Why aren't you like, hey, you know what? I, I kind of like, you know, I need my windows tinted. Can you tint my windows real quick? Like, gimme, gimme, gimme. I think it's such a weird, when you get people involved yeah. In like businesses and they think they're like shareholders. They think that's like they're pulling a ticket and it's like, they think it's their ticket to complain. It's their yeah. ticket to like, Hey, I get a, a, a seat at the table and it's not a seat at the table. You have a, you're part of a community and the community is more important. It outweighs the needs of the one. Always mm -hmm. community will always outweigh the needs of the single person that's in that community. And the cool part about NFTs, the thing that we don't ever, we're not talking about here again. It's like, if you don't like your ticket to that community, sell your ticket to that community and find another one you do like, and then buy one of those tickets so you can be a member of that community. I'm a member of two, like I'm a member of like two paid communities that are not NFT things at all. They're mastermind groups. And let me tell you how much value I get out of them right now. Absolutely zero. I get negative value out of these communities. I don't have an NFT that, you know, or anything like that tied to it. I just gave them my money and that's that. Like, I don't expect to get it back. It was a small bet. I always make small bets on things. Join communities, join masterminds, join these things that could possibly enrich my life, right? And come to find out, it didn't. So the thing is, like, you don't renew that membership. It's kind of like Netflix, right? You, you buy Netflix and you end up not watching it or the content doesn't suit you. You cancel Netflix. You don't go give me my, you know, nine dollars back or fourteen dollars back or hey, answer for me. Why aren't you making better content, guys that are in charge of content or girls that are in charge of content? No, they just go unsubscribe. Just like you know, social media. Like if you don't like what somebody's saying, unfollow them. You know, like just change the channel. And that's the yeah, cool thing about no, NFTs. I, I feel you on that. <laughs> I just, but my 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 thing is always, you know, okay, they're private companies and whatnot, but. 
this concept of we're going to build with, and I think maybe that's probably the the mistake for a lot of people, right? The holders yeah. think they're shareholders, yes. but also the businesses, it almost seems like they, they also forgot about the community too, right? Like when I see a lot of these people go on social and they're like, well, well we're not going to tweet because like we don't need to tweet. The reason why it bothers me is and I'm not even like, I don't even want to name names. The reason why it bothers me is because we're not asking you to tweet announcements. And I think that's the, that's the mistake I get to and that I listen in when I hear from founders and when I listen to all of these projects, like the reasons as to why they don't speak. Oh, well, we have nothing to announce. Well, you know what? You don't need to announce anything. We just spoke for two and a half hours about all these projects doing all these epic events for the last two years. Where's the footage? Post it. Tweet. Retweet. I, I'm here. I'm here saying, do you know how many of these holders talk great, do these lovely threads about these projects? I'm saying retweet it. Like, and now we're gonna go into a whole other thing, but so you're gonna so you're gonna try to like guilt them into retweeting things? No, I'm saying retweet. I'm saying show up. Show that you're show that you actually care what this guy wrote on the even if you don't read it, just retweet it. I don't know, like whatever. I'm just saying there's a lot of people in here doing a lot of your social media that you don't even need to pay for because they're doing it because they love you, right? Like yeah, that's the that dynamics. Yeah, those are the dynamics of NFTs. Like it it binds people into a community because they have a shared yeah. one shared common interest, which is that NFT. And I agree. That's the beauty of NFTs is that these companies get free marketing. And they didn't ask you to wear their PFPs. You, you volunteered. Yeah. So they're not going to retweet or like your stuff if they don't want to like their stuff. And I agree with you. You know, there are ways that they could actually highlight community members. And I think, I think a lot of them do. I think, uh, you know, again, a lot of the, the bigger communities, like I've seen the apes and the founders of the apes and stuff like that retweet people that I never expected them to retweet and they blow up well, and all of a sudden they're, you know, they have like, you know, a thousand new followers the next day or something like that. So, you know what I loved too, and not because you have a cool cat, but I loved when I saw clone show up behind his desk and he's like, I'm going to tell you guys why my IP is going to rule. And I was like, you go clone. And I'm telling you, like, I love that kind of stuff because again, I just think it showcases that a clone is still here. B, we actually get to see a face which is fun, even though we all know what he looks like. I mean, it's just, was, I don't know about you, how you felt, but when I saw that video, I was like, oh, I don't know if he listened to me or something. I don't know. But I was like so happy to see him take that time and reiterate why he's still here. And I'm telling you, like, I know maybe, maybe, I don't know what Lucas thinks, but I was like, I don't see a lot of people doing that. They do it all in their own different ways, but like, and I don't really know, like, I'd be curious to see why Clone decided to do it that way. Um, but I just felt like there was much more power to him when he showed up, posted that video and was like, I'm going to talk to you for seven full minutes. And I was like, oh, wow, that is, that is cool. You know, a bit like the bands, right? Like, you just want to know what's up. Yeah. Just look at all of our celebrities. We, I think bands, they all like need comms people. And you know what you could do? And this is just my opinion. <laughs> you could actually pitch your service as their communications because you should be, Hey, you know what? I can help you get the word out about the, here's what you should do video wise. Here's the content you need to create. But like Klan is at least to me, he's a 
founder of a company and he should be on spaces for sure up and chatting and stuff like that for sure no question right he should be up there Uh, this is just me this is just what i would do that's my opinion of course it's not what he should do he's going to do what he does my opinion is if i actually had a you know a web3 focused nft company i would be in twitter spaces an hour minimum a day in here talking as the founder, like making my presence known, keeping my finger on the pulse, not trusting somebody else to do it. But also I would not go up into spaces that might be question mark. Who knows what they're going to say to me or come at me because my mental health is way more valuable than some, a non, you know, 50, 50 follower person being let up on stage and like oh, yeah. completely verbally berating me. And then the, the host is not a lot like stopping them. And there's, mm-hmm. that's happened so many times in oh, this space yeah. I've seen. And it's, it's, it's ugly. And I think it should never happen again. Like people, founders are smart not to go onto the question mark spaces. Like, which is why I think too, you know, and because I, I never come at this like, oh my God, like with my teacher school ruler type of thing, right. I feel for them because we, we've seen what's happened. And so like, even when I met with the doodles team, um, in Miami, I just wanted to do something fun. Like, and they were laughing cause they were like, no, we know that you're, you're just, you're playing with the, cause in some of my crypto news updates, I used to just throw in like the doodles aren't tweeting, you know, like just because, you know, again, not for cloud chasing ever. It just was something the community was worried about. Truly. Like some people were like, Oh my God, like, why aren't they, you know, and all, obviously all the questions and then which grew a lot of like FOMO and all this crap. Right. But it, it was a genuine concern at, at some point. Then it became just like a whole freaking other thing, a meme, whatever you want to call it. But I remember in Miami just speaking with them and I could hear them. And I only say this because I've been in the business for so long. Like, do you know how hard it is to get people on the street to talk to you when you're in media? You know what I mean? So like I could hear that they were stressed about like, what could she possibly ask us? And you, you know that they've been burned. You've, you've, you know, we've probably heard them on spaces where people attack them. And so that's where I was getting at with, right. I want to see more people, like instead of being a Twitter spaces master because you have 3000 people listening in, I want people to be genuine about why they're having that space with said founder is what I was trying to get out with all of that. Like, which is why I was saying I wanted that, you know, you know, no, um, nothing to do with like holding bags or being like the positive person or like the complete opposite, like just wanting to FUD them. But going back to this, yeah, I mean, it is something I'm toying with because I see a lot of these founders and they, there's so much potential and it's just like little tweaks that I can, that I think will truly help them because I think sometimes too, the fact that they're not talking or they're not here gives people room to create that sort of garbage. But if they were here and we would constantly, and you know, I say constantly, but you just got to look at any brand right now you follow on social media will at least post something at least once a week. Like I just looked at Old Navy, like I, Old Navy will sh- present their clothes once a week and showcase the new shoes, you know, the new collection. And I'm not saying everything has to be new, 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 but it could just be like throwback a year ago. This is what we were doing. You know, like anything, you know how we like a lot of people will say like anything is content. Anything is content, <laughs> especially right now. So it's just like. But yeah, Lucas, I will take your word for it. I'm going to I'm going to figure out a way where I can maybe sort of reach a lot of these let's call them businesses and maybe help them 
with their communication. Like I always go back to social media because that's where we are. You know, we're on Twitter today. Fast that's comms media. though. I mean, that's comms, right? It is comms. You need to, yeah. you need to get them on and understand what they need to do and give them a, like give them a comms roadmap. Like, Hey, yeah. talk, like hire somebody and that might be you. You might be speaking for the doodles before you know it. And all of a sudden you're on stage speaking for the doodles. And do you really want someone coming at you like really hardcore? Like, I bought my doodle at 20 East floor. Now it's at like three. Give me answers or crucifixion crucifixions on its way. You know, yeah. it's like, come on, dude. Like, I mean, look, I will say I'm just so made because you're right. They are like bands and I'm going to, I'm going to really keep this analogy with me now. Um, and always reference you Lucas, but I was like, at doodles right like at the doodle pile like everyone was like oh my god this is so great and like i went into the like the the shop because i was like oh i want to buy like i don't own a doodles but i was like i'd buy some merch and like the shorts were 75 dollars us and like crazy prices i was like oh i'm not gonna buy anything <laughs> i was just like mm, i love you but it's a little it was a little too much um over like my budget for me like as a non-holder and so again, going back to the whole band thing, it's, it's totally that, you know, you will only buy for the ones you truly, truly, you know, the same thing. Like I have so many discord pages, but let me tell you, I don't, I don't, I don't check in on every freaking project I hold. There's only going to be a select few. Right. So yeah, I like that analogy of the band. I'm going to, I'm going to think about that more. Yeah. It's, I, by the way, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm right about it. I just know that no, that's no, how no. I, it, that's how I ex explain it to most people is like, this is the better way of thinking about it because that's what these are. You, we're yeah. not shareholders. We're community. We're ticket holders. That's, yeah. and, and that's what NFTs are access and art. So it's you're so buying, true. yeah, you're buying access and art right now. And there might've been a grand scheme like to build like a metaverse or to build a game or, or, you know, all these things like we're going to own metaverse land and this and that and the other thing. And like, and, and some of these projects didn't have any roadmap and they were art projects. Right. And those are the people like I feel bad for because they are being held to the same crazy, I think crazy standard that these projects that raised $20 million, like they're being held to those standards. And I'm like, but this guy launched an art project and now you guys are mad at him. I don't, this doesn't make sense to me. Like, and I think that's bad. And I, th I think it's also bad that we compare every project as well to like apes because the apes is an outlier anomaly that will never happen again. It's like, you're setting yourself up to fail. If you think every project should be compared to like apes or doodles or things that are like raised like crazy or even cool cats, like crazy amount of money. It's just not, it's not realistic, but go ahead. Uh, do you want to, should we answer some questions here? Yeah, let's answer some questions. I was going to say jumpstart um, jumpstart. Yeah. Janie was her hands been up. So let's talk to jumpstart jumpstart. <laughs> sorry. I was cracking up. You're like jumpstart jump street. I've heard. It sorry. Um, yeah. Sorry. It's okay. I go by jumpstart <laughs> Janie or Janie's fine. Thanks for having me up. Lucas, uh, Melina, actually, um, Mary Beth was posting that you were in the space. So I just want to come and support. I came up a while ago, but honestly, I was just enjoying the conversation. You guys cracked me up. And then uh, I was low key talking to Mary Beth about it. It's like your guys's perspective is refreshing and also very different. So it's just interesting to, to hear about it. And um, I don't even know where to begin, but uh, I'm here to support obviously Melina, Girl in the Verse, and obviously you, Lucas, as well. Um, really enjoying the conversation. And I was cracking up as you were talking about 
fans and um, I'm Korean American. So when you talk about K-pop and like the <laughs> fandom, yeah, the fandom that you experience there is just absolutely crazy. But um, one of the words that I was thinking of in Korean culture for internet citizens or people who are undoxed in the space, right, and making these comments, um, they call them netizens. And they are wild. And I think the point that you made about, you know, no one's going to actually say those things if they're docs or if it's on LinkedIn versus on Twitter, when maybe they have an anonymous profile, they feel like it's okay to write it, but then they would never actually say that to your face or if it was attached to a profile that you could link back to their professional life or who they are or something like this. And I just find that really interesting. And um, also the other point that I was thinking about was, Melina, we were talking about TikTok and people, um, you know, talking about, you know, Web3 and NFTs and crypto. It's like, you're a scammer or like, what do you know? And all these different comments. It's really interesting. And sometimes I just like the comments just for the fact that it's engagement. But on the other side, it does open up a conversation. And um, I, I think to the point of, you know, making content and you know being able to reply to a comment like that i mean i think it's an opportunity to open dialogue um it's not nice sometimes but it kind of is what it is and i guess it comes with the territory of making content that unfortunately if you are public and your face is attached to something then you get a reply and sometimes it's not necessarily the most positive Sorry, I'm literally just like verbally um, throwing all the spaghetti that was in my brain at you guys. Um, this is good. Last... <laughs> Thanks. And lastly, um, you know, just about going back to the band analogy is that I think people, when they have come to Web3, have this perspective that they are a shareholder of a company, um, but it's not even that. It's beyond that. Like they have a right into the boardroom and an executive decision of how certain you know direction or the way that a, a project or a business should actually be run um and i think that's kind of been the expectation of being a part of an nft or a web3 brand or project or whatever someone actually wants to call it but at the end of the day it's still someone else's project um to an extent you may have certain rights to vote on specific things but same thing for example like a nike you know i mean when they have shareholders meetings and those financial analysts from all those banks are speaking during these um, quarterly calls or investor calls or whatever it is, most of those questions are pre-vetted and they're all pre-planned. So those questions that we're getting are not necessarily the sentiment or I guess real journalism, you could say. So I think, you know, girl in the verse um, and, and whoever wants to do that to ask these objective questions to start dialogue I think it's more about starting a conversation and understanding where people's heads are at versus necessarily interrogating and, uh, you know, shaming them based on what they have or they haven't done. Because I think that everyone is on a journey and they're trying to figure out the way. I think the challenge and the problem and the sticking point is that there's money and there's investment involved and you're buying into a community. And Lucas, and this is my last point and I'll stop um, talking, um, but Lucas, you brought up a point about the pandemic. And I think I thought about that a lot because, you know, Clubhouse and also social audio really popped up during the pandemic. And I think that's a really interesting point because, again, people were lonely. You were deep in your thoughts for way too long and, you know, craving community and to be a part of something. 
And it was almost like you were buying into a membership or, you know, almost like a country club. And I don't want to compare a Web3 community or a country club, but it's almost essentially like a membership fee to join in and to partake in part of a community. But I think the other flip side of that is that there are benefits or things that are extended to someone because they are a member um, and they are a paid member, whether or not it's a holder's community, holder's giveaway or whatever it is, versus just being someone who, you know, is a part of the community that has not actually bought in. So just, I mean, a lot of things that I was just thinking on my mind as you guys were speaking. Yeah, I think that's, I think you had some really great takes there. I think you're 99, like me, I'm more of like 50% right. <laughs> like I'm 50% right, 50% wrong. You're more like 99% right. <laughs> so uh, respect to your takes for sure. Um, Wait, Lucas, I didn't say that you were 50% incorrect. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm owning I, that I'm usually like at best 50, 50 is what I'm saying because nobody like myself for sure is like, I, I'm currently uh, evolving like every day. And again, it's just like these projects they're building in public. And I'm kind of like building in public too, you know, like in every single day, I'm trying to be better than the day before. And sometimes I win, sometimes I lose the day um, to distraction. But yeah, I mean, what your take again is, I think this, I think it's very important to focus on like community here because that's what people are really buying. And I hate saying community because it's such a cliche term. I've, uh, you know, in my space and well, sorry, the tech space, the real tech space, like we're, you know, you know, people are from, at least I'm from like startup in com space, you know, again, it's building community has been like something I've been doing for like 15 plus years. So like people using the word community to me is now like kind of like cringe because it's like, guys, really, we didn't just discover community like right now, like community has been being built for like thousands of years yet. Like we're basically kind of like, I guess you could say the venture capitalization of community is like happening right now where it's like the buzzword like VR was back in 2016, 2017, where all you had to say was VR, we have VR. And all of a sudden it was, people were throwing money at you. It's like all these like fads of like, vent, like raising money and what people get into. And like, it's crazy, this FOMO that even venture capitalists have. where they're like, oh, I don't want to miss out on this craze, this fad, this, I can't, you know, what if, what's the, you know, the, the next board Apes is going to come and now they're throwing money at AI, right? AI is like the new, buzzword it's going to happen for like the next 12 to 24 months and then it's going to be a you know augmented reality glasses that come out you know it'll be some it's always going to be some new fad that everybody's chasing with money and attention and all this stuff and i think ai at least for me is the most exciting thing that's really what i think web3 is is the ai revolution to me and we we only include like nfts in it right now but web2 was very similar where we talked like, oh, web two, web two, web two. But we didn't talk about it as much, but you wanna know why? Because people who are like experts and like professionals didn't use that term. They just knew we built HTML differently in web two. And that's really what it denounced was a technology. And here we have like fans taking part with like real tech builders, founders, creators, stuff like that. And that's the unique part of Web3. There's actually like a fan base, a community built around these this technology. Like I said, like Photoshop and Excel, imagine Photoshop and Excel or like Windows, like a Microsoft Windows having like a fan base and they like they all get together and drink out of shoes and shit. Like that just wouldn't happen. This wouldn't happen, right? 
Gosh, I'm dying. I can't believe you gave that example. <laughs> but it's true. Like, it's really if true. If you're drinking out of the shoes, that was, I mean, I don't know, That that's like a whole nother conversation of a space. Uh, maybe not wicked smart, but maybe it's yeah. just like wicked things that happen in the space. And when you said my space, when you're referring to technology, sorry, I was just literally cracking up. Uh, because I remember those days that it, it, it dates, um, I, I feel like a Gen Z, especially like Girl in the Verse and I are on TikTok. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I realized, dang, we've been around for a while. We never called it Web 1 and Web no, 2. No, we didn't. But here we are. I heard um, Web 2 maybe twice in my entire career. And that's my career has been pretty long, you know, since I've been in tech since two, the year 2000. So again, it's... I've seen web one, web two, web three. I've seen the bot dot com bubble burst, all that stuff. So there's no doubt about it. Like we just didn't talk about that stuff. Like that was a very technical term. Maybe Gary V said it like twice in 2008, like during a discussion, we're in web two. And like, people were like, stop, bro. Like stop calling it web two. It's just, it's just the internet, man. Just the evolution of the internet. And then he was the only one who really talked about it. And it was just a, you know, a different user interface. It was single page apps. You know what I mean? It was full JavaScript stacks, things like that. It was, it was interesting, amazing UX and like amazing new technology is like, you know, social media, which changed our lives. Right. And some might argue for better or for worse, but it, it definitely changed everything. It was the sharing economy in a way, I guess you could say as well. Right. Then, you know, we had, uh, Airbnb and Uber and all these other companies launch like right after the financial crisis, you know, like right in the shadow of that, a whole bunch of new things launched, delivery apps, all these things. Like I used to have my groceries delivered back in like 2007, 2008. And let me tell you, it was expensive. Now it's crazy cheap, right? And everybody does it. I don't, I haven't been to the grocery store in like years. I didn't even remember last time. So, I mean, that was, that's theoretically web two. I mean, I don't know what else we'd call that, but I, I just don't like the, the delineation as like, it's more like web three is just basically the biggest piece of it is AI. And then there's blockchain and block the blockchain layer is interesting. It started with blockchain, but now it's like an AI movement to me at least. Go ahead, Mary Beth. Hey there, Lucas, Brad, thanks for co-hosting and Melina. So good to see you up here. Um, I thought it was really interesting because it's it's interesting because you guys you Lucas and Melina have very different perspectives and different backgrounds and I can hear in Melina's voice kind of like the journalistic approach you know in terms of the way you think which I really uh, admire um, and so while Melina brought up um, you know our founders willing to be present more you know address more of these questions and then. Equally, you know, Lucas brings up a good point. Like, do you really want to put yourself in the mix of like questionable spaces and things like that? And I think both are very valid points, right? And Lucas, when you're like, well, maybe you should try, um, you know, being the comms person and like, what does that mean? And so it's a conversation I've had with communities, not pitching myself as one because I don't want to be one of those people, but there's definitely like what I'm seeing is that like that role of having kind of that it's a cross between like a spokesperson and a chief of staff person, you know, that is necessary. And I don't think we realized we needed that like a year ago. Right. Um, and you know, I've actually told a founder don't, 
you don't have to go in every community space that both your communities, you know, hold every week, right? Because once you set that precedent, people are going to expect that all the time from you. And we both know you don't have time for that, right? Um, and, you know, I've also told the founder, like, hey, just watch out when you go into that space. I know there are like 500 people in there, but you might get called out and you can totally speak your truth. All is good, but just be wary that you might be cornered in, you know what I mean? And so like, um, yep. and th that I'm, and I'm only saying that because that is what a comms person in this instance of what you're talking about would like do in those situations, right? Like that's a whole nother kind of ancillary position in any type of web three community. Um, like I don't really have a question on that, but it's just like another thought I've had, right? Because like there are community ma managers, but like, I think what a web three has kind of translated that is to like, okay, well you manage the sentiment on discord, um, you know, make sure we have our scheduled spaces, but like that only goes so far. Right. And then like, who's kind of like between the management of the sentiment and the founder, right. When the founder is not always available. And I definitely think there's an opportunity there for anyone who is, you know, working in the line of communication scope of work. Um, that could be there for communities. So that's just um, one of the thoughts you you guys had me think of. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There's definitely an opportunity there to get it right and also to set expectations. And uh, I think, yeah, just very good take all around. Huge opportunity. I love that. Guys, can you hear me? Yeah, I sound like you're on the moon, but yeah, we can hear you. Blockchain. change my tires and then they called me and I was like I gotta run get my car um but I love everyone's take um thank you for coming up and uh and you know letting us know that we rock Lucas because we do <laughs> <laughs> yeah I appreciate appreciate the uh obviously any kind of positive sentiment towards the space love having you guys here of course go ahead Kit you have a you have a question or comment Oh boy, she's in Canada. She might be closer to me now. Uh, right? Go put your bag in the grudge. Bag, the bag. Bag Bye. in the grudge. <laughs> I just want to say I love these spaces, especially when there is a plausible discourse on awry, because there, there never has to be actual fighting. And it really goes into your target audience. Your target audience, what information that you want to provide to what audience and having two individuals from two different sides of the spectrum. Uh, it's a great, great uh, look at, let's say, asking question, what type of business structure? Why did they go into, into a private entity in the first place? What did they want to subject themselves to? Keeping that in mind when also being the person to interview or have the questions to arrive, be like, okay, well, what type of information do I want? Is it for myself or what audience do I want to bring it into life for? as well as, yeah, the more more minds of different personality types, it's a, it's a com-op, com-sec, and psychological operation at this point in time. You have so many people in the world with so much information at a, a mind's grasp, but people interpret things the way that they want to hear. You can have a long article, long narrative. However, people only hear and read what they want to. They pick and choose. They don't actually have the full time to absorb. Just like we read from the same book, however, people get different information from it and retain. So that's all I wanted to say. I love these conversations. Thank you so much.
Thanks for adding. I can tell you there's a, there's spaces out there that, you know, you cannot, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, you could go and do it, uh, any, any of these spaces and like you literally could give the best answers and they're still gonna, there are people in those spaces that are going to come up to talk and treat it like it's a, just a game to like mess with you. So in theory, like you're being added to these places where people have like these crazy unrealistic expectations of communication of like, I should have access to the CEO and the founders and all that stuff. Like they're, I get to ask any question I want. I get to do whatever I want. I'm an NFT holder. And it's like, no, it's not how it works. We'll try to appease you. But anyway, go ahead. Jumpstart. Jumpstart, Jamie. <laughs> Actually, someone called me uh, Jump Street like the movie, and that just cracked me up. Too. 21 Jump Street. What's up? <laughs> A little bit over than 21. I'm legal. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I just had this other thought because we were talking about community earlier and uh, the word that I am gravitating towards these days is co-creation. And I guess that could mean a lot of different things that um, you're part of the build out of something. But in terms of how much equity or how much ownership or how much decision making power is something that's different. But being able to work with a brand to actually build it is something that is I mean, I know we talked about all the jargon in terms of Web 1, 2, and 3, um, but when it comes to Web 3, whether or not it's ownership or the decentralization, I mean, I, okay, I know the space is recorded, so I'm trying to tread carefully um, about this topic in terms of like politics, but, um, and I'm trying not to use this word because I don't want to get flagged, <laughs> um, but even in the sense of, you know, democracy versus communism, for example, is, you know, there's still different realms and different, you know, rules that each one has. Um, and yeah, I'm being very careful about how I talk about this. I'm Korean too. And, you know, I've um, spoken with a lot of North Korean refugees and also, um, you know, people in North Korea as well, um, you know, who have crossed over and just hearing about the government structure is that, you know, communism in theory is something that works, but, you know, whether or not, who actually has the power. And I guess I make this kind of controversial analogy in relation to Web3 and ownership and, and brands and being a part of um, having a voice and having a say in different things, because I think that there's an expectation. And I think that, um, you know, Mary Beth, you refer to this too, of just even for those who are founders or even builders in the space of setting an expectation about how many or how much to actually be involved. I mean, Yes, like spending time in spaces and connecting with community is good, but I think that's also why there are people who are, you know, as Mary Beth pointed out, chief of staff or those who are, you know, head of community or head of social media or different things. And I think Girl in the Verse touched on this too, in terms of, you know, just retweeting or, you know, basically you have a community who loves you, who's already creating this user-generated UGC free content for you to use, but how are brands actually going to utilize it? Um, in Web2, I mean, you know, brands are paying UGC content creators to create their content for them. And there's a whole monetization wave. I mean, not everyone is getting monetized like that within Web3. But I imagine, you know, a lot of these brands going forward, they are tapping into these community members, whether or not they're, you know, freelance jobs or highlighting them as, you know, strong members of the community contributing. Um, there's just a lot of ways that I guess this goes. But 
getting back to the point of co-creation and I'll land the plane here is, uh, you know, just being a part of the build out where, you know, you have um, a, a part in the process, I- exactly what that process is and how much power or decision making. Um, that's something that is, I think, unique to each project. And it's only determined um, by the founders and as well in part by the community. Yeah, I like your take on that. You know, the co-creation is interesting. And, uh, you know, I've worked at companies where we, uh, we've, in, you know, in conscripted people to create UGC as part of like a contest or something like that. And I could tell you, like, those people didn't feel entitled to be like, give me answers. Why are you making these decisions? Like just, they were just happy to be part of, you know, the campaigns and some were successful and many were not. And I think that's the way, you know, we should take it because, uh, you know, there were, there are NFT companies like lazy lions. Great example. They rewarded their holders for wearing their PFPs. You just had to put the PFP on and like have like this lazy lion emoji in your profile. And they had a system in place that like crawled Twitter and found those accounts that had those profiles and like rewarded them with, they were paying a meth. And uh, I don't know how legal that is, but at the same time it was like, Hey, they were taking part and they were getting paid for wearing the PFP. They did that back in like all the way back in like July of 2021. Like that's their entire project centered around roar wards, they called it. And, um, you know, it's, it's already been thought of. It's not like we haven't seen that. It's just, why would a company pay if they're getting it for free? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, um, I'm with you on that. And I didn't know that's interesting because that I entered the space on January 1st of 2022. So I didn't know about the situation with the lazy lions, but very interesting how they went about it. But I think that, you know, when it comes to just the overall, I mean, we're going from an influencer to a creator economy where, you know, within the web two and especially the influencer space, they're used to being paid, you know, tens of thousands, even, you know, six figures sometimes depending on what kind of content, you know, that people are creating, their social reach, um, you know, how much leverage that they have actually have with the brand, right? And ultimately how many people they can convert to actually drive sales, which leads to the affiliate economy and things like this. But I think within the Web3 space is pretty interesting. I just um, joined a, a sneaker project and uh, I know that a bunch of the other projects are doing this as well, but depending on how you engage, you get rewarded on their platform. So you can redeem that for, you know, different perks or different things. And I think that's kind of the beginning of, I mean, not that it hasn't happened before, but I think a lot of the Web3 brands moving in this direction, it's going to be interesting to see that shift. And, you know, we haven't even talked about, you know, like a metaverse play or having meetings in the metaverse where, I mean, I don't know, I I just think about these random ideas because I don't know, I guess that's just what I do. But I mean, when I think back to the days of like Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen and you saw them, you know, getting, uh, you know, photographed all by the tabloids, they're always carrying around a Starbucks um, you know, cup, right. And, you know, with their boho chic style, which ultimately led them to do the row, um, which is their own fashion brand. And even with that, I mean, 
you know, being able to go into meetings. And if you have a Starbucks cup, you know, having, you know, whether or not it's Google Meet or, you know, Zoom or it's a plugin or something like that. I'm waiting for someone to come out and maybe it's already out. I don't know, Lucas, if you know this, but someone to be able to tag that and be like, okay, that's, you know, free advertising that someone's walking into meetings in a digital immersive environment or metaverse or even in their meetings showcasing their Starbucks cup and they're earning X number of rewards by actually doing this. So, I mean, I imagine like monetization, rewarding your, you know, community or co-creators or, or, or influencers or, you know, just regular people by having them use your product, that there's going to be even more ways to actually gain rewards from it. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think that's why they kind of launched that Polygon the just as a Starbucks system there, I think that's why they did it. So there was a company that used to do this as well called Clout, K-L-O-U-T, and they had offers, much like affiliate offers, CPA offers, things like that. I used to own a social influence ad network too called Status. We did the exact same thing where we would work with partners, you know, uh, large companies, advertisers, and then we would give them, you know, display them to the influencer like, hey, this is how you need to rep the product. Here's three ways we want you to. And here's like the fourth alternative, which is just use one of these things and money, you know, exactly like this. So you don't have to, it's like the thoughtless version, but the ones that were like more native to what their message was on their platform, we paid more for We paid less for the ones that were like fire and forget. And we paid more for the ones that were more native to their message. So I think it's, it's like definitely a super powerful tactic to use like with influencers for sure. And that, that company, Clout, got bought. I think it was launched in like 2011, 2012 and got bought around that same time for like a you know, quarter, million, quarter billion dollars. So it, it's been done. It's just whether or not Instagram wants you to do it, you know, these platforms like that were connected to Instagram through APIs and things like that, making it really, really easy to make those, those offers get posted and scheduled and all that stuff. Those APIs were like shut down by the companies because... They, in theory, the influencers or the the companies were actually kind of circumventing Instagram's ability to monetize, right? So like they were like, oh, wow, we can't sell our own ads because they're already going through uh, this company or that company. And, you know, that was the that was the problem that the, that those types of businesses and they still have it. Like I know someone that works at an influence ad network right now, like the biggest one in the world. And they have a very similar dilemma where they actually have to go native they have to drive everything through, you know, the platforms and they pay them, you know, third party behind closed doors, not behind closed doors, but you know, it's not like it's a secret, but it's like, they just pay them off, off of Instagram, off of Twitter, off of wherever, you know, YouTube, wherever they're making content, TikTok, And that's how they actually make their money. And then on top of that, the, the companies actually, the agencies that do this are, you know, paying to amplify those ads as well, not just relying on the audience and the natural conversions. When you pay to amp a post, it gets so many earned social impressions. It's crazy, like in a really good positive way. So you get a very big ROI for like every, you know, a couple hundred dollars you spend on like a amp in a post, you get so much in return. So it's an interesting dilemma um, in the, the Web3 space. It's just not a new dilemma. It's already been conquered, right? Like all these things have already been conquered. Now we're just adding complexity because we're adding blockchain into it. And I think like blockchain doesn't solve all problems. I think 90 plus percent of the problems don't need blockchain. 
that need to be solved. It's, are you using blockchain to build something that's needed? Or are you using blockchain in order to leverage it to earn, like, because it's the hot topic, right? Because right now I know someone that's, that's had an AI company for three years. And only right now AI is making like front headline news and all these VCs are very interested in AI all of a sudden because of chat GPT and GPT-4 and all the other like AI companies that have like spawned out of it. It's now a gold rush for that. Like if you're an AI holder like of a company and founder of a company, they're getting like doted upon like crazy by VCs right now. People are trying to invest like crazy. And this guy, like he's not any smarter than he was three years ago. He was already a genius, right? But now he's... Now he's being treated like one. And it's funny, like nothing's changed except for the sentiment towards AI because there was a big breakthrough with chat GPT. So I think it's, I think it's interesting. And I, I've seen most of the people that were in NFTs and Web3 start chasing AI now. They're writing threads about AI. They're writing threads, you know, they're literally talking about AI. It's all AI now. Like they literally jumped the, jumped the shark with Web3. They don't even talk about uh, NFTs and blockchain. Like 99% of their content is now all about AI. Hey, AI is going to change your life. You know, like everybody on LinkedIn is literally writing about AI. like AI. Everybody on Twitter is writing threads about AI. The same people that were making fun of people writing threads about AI were now are now literally living, eating, breathing AI, like talking about AI, writing threads about it. And I'm like, dude, like your tweet did not survive well. You literally tweeted like, please stop making threads about AI. It's annoying. And now you're writing threads about AI. So it's like, what are you doing? It's just chasing trends and chasing traffic and chasing attention. I mean, that's literally what it is. Like when AR comes out, like when these great lightweight goggles that help you with life come out, it's just going to explode into relevance and people are going to start talking about it. <laughs> Augmented reality. Okay, great. And then AI will be secondary. And uh, anyway. Girl in the verse, what's up? We're about to wrap up the show right now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I I just got home. I just want to let everyone know that I drove home safe with my summer tires. Uh, maybe you don't understand what that means. Your studs. You you took your studs off. <laughs> exactly, uh, one by one. Um, yeah, it's like one of those days where the mechanic calls. Hey, um, your tire. Like this was at like seven a.m. this morning. Hey, actually, we can't just change your tires. There's this, 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 this. This doesn't work. I'm like. Oh, so the bill was much higher than what I anticipated, but it's okay. Um, my car works now, so I can drive to New York. Um, <laughs> but I did want to say, loved this conversation, Lucas. I did not think we could go on for hours and hours like this. Um, so much to like, I, I, I could continue, but Me I too. just, I'm going to, I know I got, stop. you got stuff to do. I got stuff to do for sure. <laughs> I just got distracted because it's so nice chatting with other people that have different perspectives and we're doing it in like such a civilized way. I'm so not used to civility in Twitter. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just nice to talk to another professional again. It's really, it's amazing to have professionals on the space because there's a lot of people in the space that are not professionals. So. Yeah, that, that's one of the things, too. You know, part of my whole thing, especially this year, I think, too, um, is letting those people who started seeing my content early on understand that it just wasn't, like, overnight. Um, I, there's actually, like, there's been work, you know, involved for 10 years. I think people, like, just don't realize that, hey, we, we had lives outside of NFTs and Web3. And even to touch on your point about, like, now a lot of these creators now focusing on, on AI. Um, that was weird to me too, because I was like, well, 
I want to hone in on why, how I entered the space and it, it is through NFTs and I want to continue honing in on that. Um, but there is something to be said about creating content that can be evergreen, right? That there's no time limit to it. So it's, it's figuring out a way to do that without always having to feel like you need to chase the next shiny thing. Um, and there's ways to make money, you know, without having 10,000 followers or without being, uh, I don't know, some of the biggest names we're all looking at in the space, right? When the biggest space hosts, you know, there's one thing I learned last week is that a lot of these big space hosts don't make a dollar. Some of them do, some of them don't. Um, what do you do? You know, all these things that you need to consider. Yeah. And, you know, like, like I always say, um, do your homework. It's never enough research. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I in this space. which i will say that's something like i always you know i applaud people like wendy O. like i really applaud what she does because it's a lot to do that kind of work but also like i realized early on lucas you know i was like at girl in the verse we're not gonna teach you how to open up a wallet because that's not what i want to do <laughs> i knew that early on you know i didn't want to take that role that others have done in the past just because it's just not something I'm willing to do. You know, I want to let other people because they're so good at that. You do that, you know, and I think it's important for people to figure out which lane they're in and why they're here, you know, because again, the, the money, especially when we're going and talking about the content creation, what, what uh, Janie was saying about UGC and all that, it's eventually, it's also figuring out if these founders and, and companies, you know, I say founders, but really it's the, it's the business if they're willing to invest in that. And that's something that we'll, we will have to see in this space as we move forward. Or if it's going to be, no, we don't, we'd rather focus on, you know, X, Y, Z instead. Um, but there is ways of, you know, compensating your community. And I don't want to say it's through tokens and airdrops, but there are ways that you can compensate your community without having it to be, you know, U.S. dollars. You know what I mean? But I'm excited to see what happens in 2023. Because I, like I said in my thread last week, it's if you think it's going to be like 2021, you're wrong. It's just it, we've changed. And we've not only have we changed, now we've got AI and we've got other things to deal with. So it's also keeping that in mind. There's always going to be the next shiniest thing. I even said, you know, Lucas, on one of these spaces, I said, I, I'm not sure. I think someone can, can outrule and overtake Yuga. I think, I think it's still possible. I don't know how, but I think we're so early. We just don't know. Just like, you know, we thought Yahoo was going to be the biggest search engine. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. Wait, it's not? I still Yahoo <laughs> things. What are you talking about? I want to go Yahoo that. <laughs> But we have yet to see, you know, and so that's why I always try to keep this open mind of, okay, maybe today this is true, but who's to say that tomorrow things can change. So yeah, excited to see what happens. Yeah, same here. I'm looking forward to that as well. We will see what happens. And I definitely think anybody can, at any company that gets lazy, any company that stops innovating could easily be taken over. Um, or overtaken by a competitor. I mean, there's countless examples of it. MySpace, the Friendster, Facebook now is being overtaken by other things. So again, totally agree. It's their A to lose. And if they keep innovating eventually, and just so you guys know, and on any time horizon, 
I don't want to get technical or anything, but on any time horizon, every company fails eventually. Even Apple will fail eventually at a certain time frame. And they're, they're the lifespan of the company, it'll absolutely at some point end up failing um, if it's not innovated on and keep and kept being built on. So good times. Anyway, with that said, let's wrap this up. It's been a long time. I'm having Mintify DM me. He's like, yo, I got to go, bro. Like, I don't gotta, <laughs> I he's like, I can't no. believe this. <laughs> I like, I gotta go, man. This is annoying. You're annoying me now, dude. Like what's going on? No. You know, I know he's not saying that he loves it here. <laughs> he loves it here, but it was such a pleasure to have you on girl in the verse. Uh, and you know what? We should do this more often. I think we should, uh, consider doing like a weekly or, or every week, every, maybe bi-weekly having a discussion because we both have these really good takes. And well, I don't even know. I don't know if my take's really good, <laughs> but you have a really good take that's different no, than mine. No, you have good takes too, Lucas. <laughs> and and I really, really appreciate this conversation. I think you know, like a bit like what Mary Beth was saying too earlier. We come from different walks of life, but it's important to you know talk about what we're seeing, talk about what we're noticing. And you've given me that perspective because I have been thinking, oh, should I be the Barbara Walters? But you've given me a different perspective now to think about why should it be me or why do I feel like I need to put this on my shoulders? Right. And these are all things that when you, when you are building a business, like I always feel like it's like a clean slate. So I really do appreciate these kind of conversations because listen, guys, I'm thinking about this alone. Like my friends don't give a shit. Like my friends are like, when are we going for brunch? You know, like they don't care to have these conversations. So what better way to do it with people, you know, on Twitter spaces, back to this whole idea of the audio. Like, I love it so, so much. I'm so happy we get to do this, Lucas. So thank you so much for having me. No, it's absolutely my pleasure. Thanks for being here. And we'll run this back again sometime soon. I, uh, I'll i be in their DMs for sure. And thanks to everybody who's like joined us today. We have some really great speakers up here. We had some great opinions. Um, mine wasn't such a great take, but you know, other people's were great takes. You guys rock. Thanks for being here. And like, literally, thanks for giving us your attention today because it means a lot. And this space went on a lot longer than I expected. I was thinking like an hour, but it just got interesting, right? When you you can't stop doing something that's just becomes interesting. It's got to keep going. Uh, 